I'm, uh, I think after today, I'm going to stop drinking for a while. That's fucking... Oh, yeah? What happened? Things are... Oh, my God. Things are bad. <laughs> things are... Actually, you know that's... You know that's, you get up to the point where... By the way, we got Fruitlands today. For oh. Old, for old times' sake. Well, you know, Button Times has gone out of business. Is that true? Yeah, they're going out of business. So if you look at when these were canned, these are old as fuck. Oh, no. They're Let's from see. December last year, which oh. for a beer like this is... Not good. That well, means let's it's find out about six months here. old. So, yeah, you, you go ahead. I'll make do. <laughs> He's going to drink fresh beer. <laughs> uh, hold on. Well, what hop are we on? Oh. Modern Times Fruitlands, which is a, a sour. Yes. Sour ghosts. It's a sour ghost with passion fruit and guava. Hmm. It tastes a bit funky. Tastes a little weird. Yeah. Tastes a little off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've gone down. I can't believe it. They're one of the most popular. He's, he's sniffing it and looking very unhappy. Oh, it's fine. I mean, it tastes good. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, when you get up to the point where two times, like, recently within memory, like, you wake up and you're like, what did I do or say mm. last night? Mostly what did I say is always the thing I'm worried about. I don't really like, I don't like getting fist fights or do anything crazy when I'm <laughs> drunk, usually. Throwing cheeses out the window. Last night, I, I remember it's more of a gray, but I like, I definitely remember Brandon had to drive me home last night. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not, I mean, was it sensible? Like, okay, I've driven my car here. Yeah. I yeah. shouldn't drive, so therefore I'll get a ride home. Well, I had to be informed that I shouldn't drive. Oh, I dear, was like, yeah. and I fought a little. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was like, what do you fucking know? Threaten to run them yeah. over. Get out of my way. I will <laughs> yeah, fucking drive. On the roof of the car. <laughs> the, no, no. They. I was just like, all right, I'm going to go. And George just, was just like, I don't think Max should drive. Mm. And I was like, no, I'm fine. I'll be, I'm good. And it's humiliating like, though, isn't it? Yeah. It and they were like, like oh, and they were like, no, just let Brandon drive you home. Yeah, and they were like, "You don't want it. it's not worth it." And I was like, "Yeah, you're probably right." Yeah, they're like, "Just get a lift back in the morning. It's worth the ten dollars to not have to get a DUI or some shit." Yeah, if of, if other people are saying you shouldn't drive, then you actually should. I'm yeah. always just like, "Yes, you're absolutely yeah. right." Yeah. Well, that hasn't at least not for a long time. That hasn't happened to me. But it was definitely, yeah, it was, yeah, you know. And then the other night, I just woke up like I just I had absolutely no memory of. Also took a lift that night, but mm. uh, like I was just at Sabrina and Brandon's house, and we were playing a card game. Meg was there. <laughs> you finally got to play mahjong. No, I wish. <laughs> we were all we were all four of us. We were playing games, and then I just woke up in my bed, and I was like, "I what happened?" <laughs> and then what? you get little little flashbacks occasionally, little moments. Uh, the only moment I got was bending my key in the door when I was turning the lock. Fantastic. Yeah. So <laughs> he's out of control. Everyone. Uh, yeah. I, I gotta, he needs an intervention. Yeah, I do. Dude, I'm telling you, let's still sucking. <laughs> he's bending his key in the he's, door. You know, it's, I'm, he's uh, getting a lift home. I'm an al- <laughs> <laughs> One night. <laughs> oh man. It's yeah. Um, you know, this, this, uh, this Fruitlands, man, this stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, you've chosen I'm a beer that's off, like... I'm wild off the Fruitlands right now. <laughs> it's like a 3% beer or something, <laughs> yeah, isn't it's it? It's technically a... Very low. It's technically a oh, it's, cider. It's 4.8. It's 4.8. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it's like this is the type of beer that like kids in pubs in England are allowed to drink with parental permission. When they're, like, I think whatever. it's like cider or mead. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Um, well, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that you're struggling with it. Well, with this the, stuff, the, the stuff demon, dies the in The demon me. drink. This stuff dies in me painlessly, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading... Uh, I've been reading... Um, Farewell, my lovely, by Raymond Chandler, and uh, there's a there's a line in there where some alcoholic chick is like slugging bourbon, and she's like, "This stuff dies in me painlessly," and I'm like, "That's fucking badass. That's cool. That's cool as shit." So now I say it while I drink a fruit. Brandon, wins. pass me another white claw. <laughs> this stuff so that it may in die me. in me painlessly. <laughs> George's like, just don't let him drive. He's getting too excited. He's, yeah, it's not even that I was drunk. I was just annoying. He was like, don't yeah. let him drive. <laughs> he doesn't, Take his he keys doesn't away. to drive. <laughs> He's going to act like a child. Yeah. Then he doesn't get to then drive. you treat him like one. Yeah. No, it's true. I went. Uh, I I was out on Sunday night to see The Boogeyman. The mm. Bogeyman. Yes. At uh, Zombie Joe's Underground Theater. Good show. And I enjoyed it. Fun. Yeah, and I, and I hung around a little bit afterwards. It was their last show, so I was like, well, I didn't really know anyone except for George yeah. and Alex in that show. But yeah. I was like, oh, I'm out. And like when I make that drive down, you know, into town just to see a show later, and I, like, these shows are like 15 minutes. Right. It's the same with hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've driven like 45 minutes to get there. Then the show's 15 minutes. Then I'm kind of like, well, I want to maximize my time. Well, so you should I'll... see Widower in Paradise. That'll give you your money's <laughs> yeah. worth. <laughs> I, was ha- time. I, I was fairly happy to go home after that. You know, <laughs> three hours or so. Uh, but yeah, so it's happened t- uh, twice recently, both with Hand and with Boogeyman on Sunday. But I went to the um, the Idle Hour pub bar mm-hmm. afterwards and... Um, I was expecting because I knew that your show, I knew that Hand was finishing that night too. Oh yes, oh I yes. And so I was expecting that the Hands would suddenly start making an appearance. No, I got sick and went home. Yeah, that's what I was informed. Yeah, because <laughs> I saw some Hands coming well, that, in, and I was like, oh, yeah. So you're out. Where is he then? Yeah. And they were like, no, he's having a, he's having a bad night. Having a bad night? I was yeah. like in a bad mood. I was just sick. <laughs> It's the debauchery. I mean, this is the excuse that you get. Oh, I'm not feeling too good. Yeah, and I went home. Actually, what it is? Yeah. White claw. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff dies in me. Sniffed another Jägermeister. And- <laughs> um, no, because what it was is, uh, I well, aforementioned night where I fucking just woke up after like with they had a full blackout was Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So I got very little sleep. It was like, well, I woke up like still drunk and then. Oh, Lord, look at him. Yeah. Fucking Richard Harris. Richard. <laughs> Waking Oliver up Reed. still drunk. Can't remember the night before, but he has to be on stage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, I did that and then I sobered up and I went. To, and then I. But then uh, Dan Masso was having a pool party. So I went to that. Um, like Bray Snellis. <laughs> Brittany Stanellis. Yeah. Like no, Brittany so, character. So Meg and I went to this pool party of Dan's, and then by the time we got back, it's time to do the show again. And I was like, all right, let's rock it. Let's do it. And then, but, and I felt fine. And then just in the middle of the show, something about that show in particular is makes me very tired. 
Yeah. Because you're, I think it's because you're in the dark the whole time. Well, also, Max's, I think, sole part in that show involves his head kind of being stuck through a, a, a which hole. Is, which is a little painful. With two with two other people. I think it's two other people kind of below yeah. you. One of them is Max. With their heads yeah. stuck, through po- uh, stuck through holes, too. Yeah. And, you're, and you're talking. Well, you're mm-hmm. pretending to talk anyway. Well, um, actually, you're wrong about that. That's the little. That's a little Disney magic for you, because that's not my sole part in the show. I'm sure you turn up at somewhere, yeah, yeah, but without your face being visible. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember your voice turning up at one point, overlayered with a female voice to give it a kind of weird no. supernatural quality. I was sure it was your voice it with was- the 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 kind of god lady with the hands on her head. Oh no, it, that you, was not. They didn't use your voice in that. No, as well? I think that was just an altered voice. Oh, it sounded just, exactly it, like you, and I was oh, like, for fuck's sake. No, I think it was just the edit. I oh, really? I didn't record those lines. So maybe it was her voice that they took and then pitch shifted it down. I have no idea. If that's the case, though, she, were you to bring her down a couple of octaves, sounds exactly like you. <laughs> the the lady at the beginning? No, no, the one with the, the hands on her head. She's about, uh, I don't know. Fucking the, 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 you, you're in the show. The one with the hands yeah. in her head. I mean, that's the, actually that's actually a fella, but he's wearing a wig and has like his oh, voice. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good looking fella. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, We're all good looking around here. Kind of Noel Fielding. Yeah. Well, that, that Noel yeah. Fielding is a wig. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, either way. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So in this show, you're stuck with your head over two other people. And, uh, yeah, I imagine if you were feeling the the after effects of a bender and you're not feeling it, you stop belching over them. Yeah, you're, you're belching. Dribbling yeah. And- I, was the, I was the hands above that aforementioned lady, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, on the top of the head. Oh, okay. Yeah, hands. I should have noticed the sausage hands. fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was also holding a sausage and <laughs> taking all the chops between. <laughs> yeah. All right. But, yeah, so you felt poorly afterwards and didn't feel like... Yeah, something about that show, like, because especially if there's like a little downtime, then you're just sitting in the dark being quiet. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. But yeah, well, no, when we're done with that. <laughs> it sounds tiring. When we're done so with those. Sitting in the dark <laughs> being quiet. <laughs> it gives you time to slow down and realize how not well you feel. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. And so, as soon it was as a very good show, by the way. As soon as we're done with hand, we, uh, with the face, faces through the cardboard, me, Meg, and Sarah, we throw that thing to the side and we go to the back of the theater and become the hands yeah so it's a little movie magic for you no yeah it's pretty clever there's people running around all over the place the guy who is the little potion maker guy yeah the legs i know he's also the leper how did you know that oh because i saw through it i saw right through i recognized his feet oh damn because i didn't recognize his fucking feet no i met the dude like (laughs) and he told me (laughs) i thought i was like wow that's good oh he's got good feet recognition yeah (laughs) Well, he's no. also the guy who moves the psychedelic uh, painting. But yeah, I recognized him doing that, too. Yeah. Even though you can't see a single person <laughs> doing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a good show, by the way. I was very... Which I, I thought you had written. Very impressed with David. No, no, no. I thought you had written it, and then it turned out it was David. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had almost nothing to do with it that It sounded show. very Max-esque. Well... I mentioned that to Brandon. I was like, oh, fuck, that was David, really? And I said, that's strange. It sounded exactly like Max. And Brandon just goes... They can both write very obtusely. <laughs> I was like, fucking fair enough. <laughs> That's it. He's got it. He's right. It's not about being That's a good style. writer. It's about being writing an obtuse writer. writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This stuff dies in me painlessly, man. I, I, I uh, 
Uh, what else have I been up to? I've had. I feel like we haven't we haven't recorded in. It's been a fucking like ages. Six weeks or so. Ages. I think the last time we recorded was uh, talking about Parliament. I don't think we've recorded yeah. since then. I don't think we have either. Yeah. Let's hope we don't lose this one. <laughs> yeah, that that, we had a little streak else. of losing. Yeah. Good content. Uh, high quality, high energy content, no less. Yeah, and it's a shame because it's this has happened to us before where we've had like an extended break. There have been things along the way where I've been like, oh, that will that will be worth talking about. Yeah, and now of course I've forgotten all of them. Yeah, me too. I, don't know I was thinking, uh, you know, Elon Musk buying Twitter. That's big news. Haven't we? I, that must have been before. Um, before we last talked. Um, yeah, I don't know. Fucking news wise. Okay, is that all I've anyone's just been talking about this Johnny Depp and Bert Heard thing? But that's all settled and done now. There's no point in talking about it anymore. Yeah. Um I don't know. What else? I, I hear That's a short one, guys. It's sober. <laughs> <laughs> There's your fucking PQ <laughs> Nah, we just need to get back into the swing of it. Because yeah. aside from not uh having podcasts in about six weeks, I don't think we've really seen each other. Even no. though I've popped you know, popped to your shows and stuff, but you've always Big nuts me in some way or other. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gone big home nuts to, in you? Gone home to drink on your own. <laughs> yeah, slugging my yeah, fucking... Yeah, so that no one judges you. You're sick of people parasite. telling you you can't drive or telling you to you <laughs> yeah. know, calm it down. <laughs> I'll fucking tell you when I'm Get done. Get down off the table. I'm going to drink this two towns parasite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I haven't been there to take Ma- care of you. Made from 100% pears. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't been there to take care of you. No. And I don't even know who you've become. <laughs> this, <laughs> this past six weeks. It's He's like an looking at, Yeah. It's like looking at a shell of his former self. Oh, man. I know. Disgraceful. It's disgraceful. Fucking well, theater. We it's had... getting to you. We had the... Well, we're all... I'm off. I'm, I'm off for the foreseeable future, it sounds like. Yeah, you got fired. I got you, fired. You, you lost your job for, for unprofessionalism. For my Richard Attenborough style uh, debauchery. <laughs> Richard Attenborough. Oh, Richard Harris. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the old fellow from Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. From Jurassic Park. He was known yeah. to be a complete fucking <laughs> alcoholic. Yeah. Was he? Was is he related to David Attenborough? Yes, brothers. Oh wow! Yeah, accomplished. Richard Attenborough was more of a director than a actor, but oh, what else? He what has he directed? Uh, he did Gandhi. Oh, I saw that. Um, yeah, he did a few big things. He did. Uh, well, he did that movie Magic with Anthony Hopkins. As Ooh, a dummy. scary. Uh, and a dummy. Yeah, yeah, spooky. Right, scary movie. Spooky, scary movie. Um, <laughs> what is a there was the, there was that documentary about people who were scared of that movie or yeah, scared of the trailer for that Rodney movie. Asher. Here we go. We're we're, going, we're calling back to like the first. <laughs> First 20 episodes or so. I gotta watch a fucking Rodney Asher interview so I, we can start doing an impression of him. That'll really. You never, you never hear him. Yeah, I don't know. In, the, you... in the movies, you don't ever yeah. hear Rodney Asher. You, you just hear, you know, slightly mentally vulnerable people. Oh, I saw. Talking um, about their. I saw everything everywhere all at once. Oh, uh, what's it like? Great. I bet you liked it. Fantastic. Yeah, it's That's very Wolseley. Yeah. I, I really didn't like um, Swiss Army Man. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, see, so, so it's, it's all up, it up your street. Well, yeah, because they're like fucking silver, like music video directing hipsters making yeah. movies and be like, ah, yeah, exactly. That fucking, <laughs> What's I not to love? <laughs> I know, people like you. Ooh. <laughs> the boys in Highland Park are going to love this. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the trailers. Uh, actually, I saw that trailer a bunch of times. Um, 
before every movie I saw in in the theaters, and I hated watching even the trailer. What are all these movies so you've annoying. seen? I haven't been for a while, but I saw what was the last? I, I saw the Northman in the theaters. How was that? Was it scary? The Northman? Is it a horror movie? No, not really. It's a Viking movie. Yeah, but it's directed by the witch. It's directed by the witch <laughs> <laughs> and the lighthouse, depending on yeah. what day it is. <laughs> it's directed by the it's directed lighthouse. Directed by the it? lighthouse. <laughs> well, I didn't find either of those scary either. Well, um, yeah, but I mean, is it intended to be scary? I don't think so. I mean, it's got some. Yeah, I suppose it's got some kind of supernatural-ish things, but it's all Viking lore. Ugh. So, is it boring? It looks boring. Yeah, I I had a good time with it. Yeah, I thought it was fun seeing the cinema. It's not a particularly unique story, but then again, it's based on like an old Viking story that was the inspiration for Hamlet. So, mm. yeah, you can't really fault it for that. Pretty is decent. Is there dialogue you know? in it? Yeah. It's a fucking Robert Eggers movie. All he does is well, I mean, I just thought wordy, maybe it was all, oh, really? archaic I, dialogue. I was thinking it would be like... Oh, but I mean, it is like archaic, like period. Well, obviously it can't really be because they would have been speaking Old Norse. Right. So it's in English. But it still has that kind of uh, yeah, oldie... British accents? Mm, you ever notice that? What? Have I ever noticed what? Like in old period pieces like that of like pre... Is considered yeah. It's considered the the standard. If you're going to be doing like a dead language or yeah, you just do like a British accent. A British accent is the most it's strange, acceptable, yeah. uh, which I think is absolutely fair enough. Because I was just I, I can't thought remember they who have I was, like southern accents. No, I <laughs> like, can't remember who I was mentioning it to. Uh, I was talking about it with someone, but there was some movie where I found it really irritating that even though it's set in you know medieval times or whatever, that everyone had American accents. Was, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. America is too new an accent. Yeah. It's too, and it's too identifiable Casual, with like, yeah. you know, sitcoms and fucking yeah. stupid commercials. So, like, the British accent is more timeless, I believe. Yeah. If you're speaking English, uh, it's, t- it's more standard. Yeah. That's why it tends to be used for fantasy, which I think is fair. Anyway, yeah, no, they're all speaking English and, um, not just standard English accents, though. I think someone's trying to do kind of Scandi. Scandi adjacent accents. I mean, Alexander Skarsgård is the main character in it, and he is himself Scandinavian, so he he throws a bit of that on. Uh, Bjork is in it. Fantastic little performance from Bjork. Dancer in the Dark. Yeah, I wish she had more to do. She's only in it for one brief scene, but she's very good. Yeah. Her bit's good. Uh, Nicole Kidman's quite good in it. Wow. Um, Yeah. That's the Northman. Northman recommended. It was fine, yeah. I mean, I like Vikings anyway. I like all of that stuff. So, yeah, it worked for me. Great. Not perfect, by any means. But. Oh, I know what we can talk about. Fuck the Vikings. It's all about Urban Death Cannibal Corpse Edition. Oh. Are we going to see it together? We got it. You want to go together? Yeah, we got to yeah. make a plan. Okay, we can make that work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So what it is... Probably going opening night would be my guess. Uh, yeah, I might talk to Vanka. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. He's he's been incredibly cagey the last few times I've talked to him in person, <laughs> to the point where he apologize. He sent a text apologizing the next day. Um, cagey like how? Like he's not forthcoming with information? No, just more uh, more aloof even than usual. And if you know Van Cut, you know, yeah, if you meet aloof. him, it's pretty difficult to kind of break through the, yeah. the first couple of interactions, yeah. right? Um, 
But this time he was. I went to see the uh, the silent movie festival thing that they did, which he did oh. the music for, and he was just in such a foul mood over it, like uh, unbearably foul. Which he has he has kind of form for being like yeah. he's very self critical, and I don't think he likes much attention being on him really. And yeah, I think yeah everything about that just seemed to be hell to him so he was yeah i was trying to talk to him about the the urban death cannibal corpse thing and he just like basically wouldn't talk about it he just seemed miserable um but from what i understand uh they got in touch with the band jana did jana i said it like yeah jana <laughs> you know jana, jana weimer, jana weimer. <laughs> um jana got in touch with them and apparently they were just like sure i mean they don't have to do anything yeah all they had to do was say yeah go ahead use our name use our songs and then i'm assuming she would have been in touch with alex webster who seems to handle most of their uh day-to-day business so mm-hmm. he I've, he's a lovely dude like he would have just mm-hmm. been like yeah sure fucking go ahead all they have to do is uh i think they said they'd put it on their instagram or whatever and promote it that way but yeah. uh i guess for other those than listeners that, who it's don't just know like you might get some about, oh sorry when we say urban death cannibal corpse yeah what is the premise of this show so you got urban death what's so the everyone death. listening knows what that is yeah by now if, if you don't know what urban <laughs> death is you should uh yeah. So it's an urban death show, and the concept of it is urban death is comprised of probably upwards of 30 or 40 skits, maybe yeah, more. just about. Um, and each one, in this instance, is going to be themed after a Cannibal Corpse song title. So what Jenna did, essentially, was create a big spreadsheet of all the picks for, like, best song titles. And if you know Cannibal Corpse and Urban Death, you'll see how that makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. you know if you have a um let's say you have a song title like i come blood Mm -hmm. there's an open diff skit in that that you could very quickly come up with yeah uh fucked with a knife yeah um entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt right uh hammer smashed face Mm -hmm. name some devoured by vermin devoured by vermin vile yeah, you could bit do vague, a bit vague. You, you, you could, could do, do a lot some, with vile. You could, <laughs> uh, yeah, you could do a lot of stuff. Gallery of suicide, violence unimagined. Yeah, yeah, there's tons of stuff you could do, right? So that's basically what they head got. shoveled off. Oh, head shoveled off. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they did many from the new albums. I think it seems from what I saw of the spreadsheet, mm-hmm. it's mostly those first three, like the kind of iconic yeah. ones, like stripped, raped, and strangled, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I mean, they got their work cut out for them, but it's, it's a good idea. Absolutely. It's a good idea. It's fun. And uh, they'll be doing that in June. I'm looking forward to it. But I don't know if Van Cott's doing the music live. I think he is involved in some way, which mm-hmm. he normally isn't with the music for Urban Death, but I think yeah. he is with this one. Yeah. But I don't know if he's doing live music a la Blood Alley or not. That'd be interesting. I, yeah, I just don't know if he is doing that. So I don't want to promise or assume that. Um. But if that were the case, if he were doing live music, he would probably request that I go at a different time mm. rather than opening night. He tends to do that. Wow. So I would want that. Well, I'm probably going opening night, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you have no loyalty to him. So like, right, fine. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. I'll go whenever. No. Yeah. I'm not waiting until the end, though. No, my God, I'm going opening night. I've changed my mind. Come opening night with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right. Um, pinks and whites. Oh, for fuck's sake. No, that, <laughs> he's, he's just looking around the room now. 
of things that are in I don't know here. what's going on. These are actually there. very good. These are, uh, yeah, from Trader Joe's, little shortbread cookies called Pinks and Whites. But we don't need to talk about that. No. Because I don't think it, I just don't think it would. I know, I need to get back into the swing of things. There's got to be something. Yeah. Maybe I don't... it's our posture. Our posture? Should we just set up a little bit? Yeah, I think so. All Sometimes right. when we do that, it helps. Well, set up. <sighs> Too relaxed. That's the main problem. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Let's leave this in unedited. What have we got? Have this we is got? a. This is a. This one is something. Ah, you know, it's funny. So Meg was telling me just today. She was like, "I showed our mutual friend Marianne." She was like, "I showed Marianne PQP," and Marianne <laughs> didn't believe it was you because she said it sounded very professional and very what? good. Yeah, she was like, it sounded too like legit. And she didn't believe it was me at first. And I'm like, I hope that they listen to this one. What kind of podcast are they listening to if this sounds professional? Oh, dude, you have no idea how shitty most podcasts are and no, how shitty enough, they sound. Uh, there are some really bad sounding ones. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like the biggest ones in the world, like fucking Welcome to Night Vale and shit, is like recorded on a fucking phone Yeah, and edited in Audacity. I think that's more common than you think, is just yeah. having a microphone in the middle of a table. Like we did our first episode yeah where we just didn't have any other yeah. equipment i was like i've got it's, one microphone we'll just put it in the middle and or you know it's, you know it's extra popular right now but we named is, our podcast based partly on that yeah the poor quality podcast yeah and then uh, instantly though i was like no we need better yeah we need equipment. better quality and than this <laughs> by the second episode we were pr- a pretty good quality podcast yeah, yeah which is exactly. more than i can say for some pretty well-known podcast it's insane how bad other podcasts are quality and audio wise like content and quality, like it's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, whereas we're providing the best content. We are, especially today. you don't understand. I <laughs> everyone everyone tells me they're like you should you should uh you should get this podcast out there more. Like you should be, and I'm like, and I was like, I'm always like, no, I think that's the magic. Is <laughs> that no one knows about you have to it. be in the know? Yeah. Every, every like eight months, we gain one new listener. <laughs> well, we wouldn't feel comfort, uh, confident talking about something like Urban Death if we knew that it had a wider reach than our immediate, like people who know us. Personally it would be funny. It would be funny to, the to same have things. like a massive audience, though. Like if there was like one, it would be funny. If we had like if one four episode, million downloads per episode. What, no, no, not for all of them though. It would be funny if there was <laughs> one like, episode that somehow yeah. caught like viral yeah. attention. It's live at the Fox and Fox. <laughs> no it'd be something we do where we accidentally talk about something and then that take yeah for whatever reason gets shared around like wildfire yeah and we get a ton of subscribers and then you just slowly watch them falling <laughs> off because we instantly go back to talking all, about like they, fucking roller coasters and yeah yeah, we, yeah we're gonna come out with some like scorching take on guns or like some hot Something issue at the will, time yeah that will go like, These viral guys are fucking genius like a like a like a trevor noah clip you know yeah exactly like wow listen Everyone's to these like, guys well insightful I gotta, listen, I gotta listen to this and then they come back and i'm like this stuff dies in me painlessly <laughs> slurping on the mic yeah it's like belching and all that <laughs> This. Yeah, it was weird because I met, you, you know, Max's mate Meg, who I've never met. <laughs> well, I hadn't ever met until Sunday night. Yeah. I was I was sitting at Idlauer and then suddenly, I, I think I, re- honestly, I didn't even recognize her enough to be confident being like, that is Meg, the same mm-hmm. Meg that Max talks about. Because I'm just not invited into your circles. So... <laughs> 
I'm not <laughs> like Max Joe is theater people. <laughs> yeah, Max is theater people, and I are kept. Like, it's like I'm kept in a in a kind of attic where I get. <laughs> he comes up and visits me occasionally. It's all the and same some people. <laughs> It's not the same people at all. They've not been in the Zombie Joe's shows. or yeah, Meg's but... been in Zombie Joe's shows. Oh, has she? Yes, Meg's been around a long time. Oh, well, we'll show so much I know them. But... Meg's, Meg was in Church Discipline. The first one? No, no, no. Oh. Yeah. It's Emily Truhoff, Jetta, yeah, Zenobia, say, and Meg. Yeah. You just didn't see her. It's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so I'm at Idol, and... So I notice this person who I assume must be Meg is looking at me and she starts laughing at me. Uh-huh. Just like kind of going, <laughs> night turns away, looks back at me and laughs again. And I'm uh-huh. like, sorry, what, I, what I, I said, I was like, am I being laughed at? Like, what, what, yeah. is, what, what have I done? And she was like, oh, I was just thinking about the poor quality podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Always is thinking what? about it. But why? Which, and then she, she said, she said something to the effect of like, Max keeps telling me that he does a podcast, but he said that I would never know what it was and that he wouldn't tell me what it was. Mm-hmm. And so I, and she had to like kind of sleuth around to figure out what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually. And I'm like, what is this? We could name and shame her fucking informant. Oh, she has an informant. Yeah. Okay. Fucking Beaver Sleezoid let it slip. Oh, yeah. And then he got, and she made me promise that I'd never tell anyone that it was Beaver Sleezoid that let it slip. But why? I'm telling everybody. <laughs> but why is it a secret? I mean, what, 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 what are you, see, this is why I feel like I'm being kept in the attic. It's like, <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? I'm Max's weird bit on the side where, like, <laughs> he doesn't want anyone else to know about it. Oh, that was just, <laughs> well, first of all, it's inherently shameful to have a podcast. Yeah, you're right. So, I certainly don't tell anyone about it. That's the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> but then when she found out that I had one, I was like, because I'm like, all I can think about is I'm like, we've been recording for yeah, years and what's years. Been said. Yeah, what have yeah, I said yeah. that I may regret? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's what did really, I do? It's a really terrible thing to actually have in your life. It's you know everything I say about. Um, social media and being yeah. worried about having a, an active social media account because it goes back so far. You don't know what you said in the past that might suddenly be unfashionable mm-hmm. and, or whatever, or people just, you know, bringing it up. Um, yeah. I say all of that and then I do this, which is far worse. Yeah. Cause not only are we, you know, talking throughout the ages and some things may not age very well, or we mm-hmm. might be totally wrong about some things, but also quite often I'm actively trying to be like a bit of a, a bit of an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes that really just doesn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think you've got a funny, like, asshole take on something, and then it turns mm-hmm. out, well, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe that whole episode where we're, like, encouraging Justin to shoot up a school. That's the one that's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna come back and haunt us one day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, like, every time there is a school shooting, which is fairly commonplace in You're the like US, I'm like, what's his Justin. name? What's his name? <laughs> Luckily, it's never been Justin so far. Yeah. But I remember that was one of the ones where I was like, I don't know if we should release this. <laughs> but I think. Actually, I don't remember it that well. I don't know. I'm sure if I listen back, I'd be like, it, well, it's not actually it's that obvious bad. enough that yeah. we're not being serious. Yeah. But yeah, it's still not nice to have, have stuff brought up. Yeah. Especially when, you know, there's been a slight. I, I would think, well, hopefully with anyone over over the years, you have slight, you know, developments and personality or whatever and i yeah. think i've definitely i mean a lot yeah a lot's happened to me since we started this podcast yeah. you know i became a dad yeah 
which is I know it's so boring to say, but it changes you, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my my lifestyle certainly changed, and a lot of things about me have changed. So I'm sure if I went back and listened to you know podcasts from like early 2019 or whenever, uh, I'd be a bit like, oh mate, don't say that. Yeah. Oh, don't act like that. Or let's stop bullying Max. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that was one of the things I was most shameful of when I'd listened back. I was like, oh, I'm so mean to him. <laughs> and it's and it's not. And I then I remember. I think back to myself. I'm like, well, why are you being mean to him? And I think of all the time that like your bare feet were just like <laughs> picking up beers with your bare feet, like some kind of fucking monkey and uh, belching and fucking you know, God knows what. Uh, and then I remember, and you know, talking about comic you books, start getting mad again. Yeah, <laughs> you think about it. <laughs> but but I'm like, like well, the thing is, but the thing is, I cut a lot of that. I used to anyway, cut a lot of that out from the podcast. So mm. it's like that doesn't read at all. So oh, what yeah. it seems like in the podcast when something's been edited is that suddenly I just lose my shit with you <laughs> over something really minor. Uh, I remember there was one, <laughs> there yeah, was one episode where you like were kept trying to segue into something and I just kept like going off topic. Like yeah. you, how you were like trying to put some thought into like segueing yeah. and I was not helping. No. I was all over the place. Oh, Twilight Zone. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. the one. Was, oh, was tell that? You something about the Twilight Zone. I remember zone. that specifically because yeah. I feel like I had to start the podcast <laughs> over. Did. Because I was like, I have a good intro for what we're yeah. going to talk about today. I can't remember yeah. what it was, but yeah, then I remember you just being like, well, well before you finish that, though, have you ever seen the Twilight Zone? <laughs> have you ever seen the Twilight Zone? <laughs> That's what I hope I said. Have you ever heard yeah. of this this Twilight Zone they got there? <laughs> Well, I've been trying to. I've been trying to uh, get you onto. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to constantly improve the quality of this podcast. It's very important to me. It's all I've got, and. I sent you a clip the other day because it came up on my YouTube feed. It was just like titled Joe Rogan talks about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard. Oh, case. I didn't watch it. I just said the first four seconds. Just watch the first oh, four well, seconds. That's the, what usually when you and send me something like, like that, I'm busy. I don't <laughs> have time for your four seconds of Joe Rogan. <laughs> well, usually when you send me something like that, I'm like, I'll watch it live on the podcast so you could see my reaction. Okay, but you didn't respond. That you just didn't respond at all, and I was like, oh, all right. I've been saying I've been doing that a lot, saying. There. Have you seen that? You've seen the, seen that Johnny Depp trial there. Oh, you've been cutting. It's from me. It's, it's from it's, me, right? Is it from you? That makes sense. Is this an English twist? I was going to say, I think maybe it's, it's from your mate Pete, but no, I think it's from, well, it's probably he doesn't sound very English. Primarily right? from you. Yeah. Pete doesn't have an accent anymore. Uh, um, but he, no, I think it's because I've been driving around driving lifts and I've been just, you get to the bottom of the barrel for content. Man, I've talked about this before. You've said, yeah, you've introduced it exactly that way. Yeah. And I bottom of the barrel for content. The, the fucking bottom, the barrel never goes to the bottom. <laughs> like <laughs> it is no bottom to the barrel. There's always more. It's false bottoms. Yeah, exactly. Like a, like at a candy shop with the saltwater tap. By the way, that was a rude awakening for me. Hang on, have I just reawoken the max of the past? Where he's, <laughs> first of all, he said something that he's almost said verbatim before. Yeah. And then, then he says, then he compares it to candy shops <laughs> and then immediately doesn't finish that thought and is about to segue into, can I guess what it might be? What? Arby's. No, <laughs> no I do love Arby's though. <laughs> um, I like how fickle he is. He's not a vegan anymore. 
Yeah. That lasted as long as uh, as long as that relationship lasted. Yeah, just, well, no, I hung on for about three or four months after that. Uh, <laughs> you just had to slowly reacclimate. <laughs> yeah. I um no so with uh with the what was it with the Arby's uh no so you salt, were when you go to a candy shop false bottom when now, you go to a candy okay, shop, the candy shop and they have the saltwater taffy in the big barrels. And I learned quickly that the saltwater taffy—it's—it's it's a false bottom. That it's only like it's only like this deep. It's only like two inches deep. But I was under the impression as a child that those barrels were completely full of saltwater taffy. These are barrels, Sean. These are barrels that are like waist high. Oh, they're as big as a mountain. They are. <laughs> And These I barrels were, of saltwater taffy. I thought that you could. Truly oh, they're as long as both my arms together. They are. <laughs> I really did. The fucking ways. I wish I was could. talking to that guy. Just over. At, at least there's some kind of passion about it. But instead of being like Sean, you wouldn't believe how big these barrels are. <laughs> Saltwater taffy. No, they, but are, they are waist high. It's true. <laughs> and I, but like, I used to believe as a child that you could dump those barrels out, you know, and you could hide in them if need be. Or yeah, that's why you're banned from all seas candies. <laughs> yeah, so going in there, tipping them all out, being like, I must find the real ones. Yeah. So I'm looking for the Holy Grail. Yeah. Well, what, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool, actually, if one of them it was had real. the Holy Grail. In it? Oh no, oh, no, right. I don't care about that. If one of them was full of salt or taffy, but just one <laughs> in every shop. <laughs> if it turns out the Holy Grail was indeed a salt or taffy barrel, actually, we just you have know, to find the right one. Meg and I went. Which to, one would Jesus Speaking have of candy stores, yes. Meg and I went to Universal City Walk. Oh, they have a big one there. The It's Sugar. Yeah, and I was talking about. I was like, it's a horny candy store. Mm-hmm. Not so much the one in City Walk. Uh, I thought it used to be. One, yeah. I thought it used to be. I was there with my dad pretty I think recently. T- <laughs> you were embarrassed. <laughs> you were no. You were blushing. <laughs> no, but remember, I, I can't. I can't remember. If, I think it might have got deleted from the podcast. So it might have been one of the ones we lost. But I went to Universal with my dad. Oh, and he's a big deleted. like pick and mix aficionado, like a huge fan. What is pick and mix? That, what, what do you call it here? Well, you where you go and scoop oh, stuff sure. up, and so you, you create like a mixed bag. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What do you call it here? It's not pig and mix. I it, maybe it's, Jesus. I don't know. It probably you're is. the candy I'm, guy. <laughs> you're the fucking candy man. I don't know. <laughs> Who can take a yeah, rainbow? You not say that five more times. <laughs> there's, a, there's a mirror in here. No, uh, it's, but it's pig and mix, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I just never knew there was a name for it. I just thought it was called buying no, candy storm, by the pound. Yeah, you don't look at any signs. You just storm <laughs> yeah, right just, towards the I fucking dive in. Yeah. <laughs> so mine. Um, Your dad must love the pick and mix selection at its sugar though, because they've got like chocolate wafers. Yeah, and- it's actually not, well, he's not a big chocolate fan. He's a big like sweets fan. Mm-hmm. So like that that's what in England we call. Yeah, it's better in England because candy is too general a term. Right. Candy could be like a chocolate bar or like a sour gummy worm. Yeah. So in England, sweets are the things that yeah. are like just kind of sugary little things. That's more the stuff I like generally would be like. Right. It's actually funny because in America, we usually say sweets to encompass an even wider thing. Also included like baked goods are considered sweets. Yeah, yeah. No, so uh, that's all. We, we've got it right. I think uh-huh. I think England did get that right. I think we figured out good distinctions like biscuits and cookies. I think we've got a good distinction there. In America, everything is a fucking cookie. If it's like a, whether it's a wafer or a chocolate chip cookie or a fucking, um, an Oreo. Well, sir's fuck isn't a biscuit, which is something you eat with breakfast with gravy on top of it. 
Yeah, you see that. Now it's like you've given biscuit or you've gone all in on this one thing. <laughs> that's a biscuit. This one bref- breakfast item <laughs> yeah. that's kind of like a, I don't even know, it's, it's more like a scone type thing. It's amazing. But it's it not, is. yeah, but biscuit is it's flaky. Anyway. Um, uh, but yeah, my dad. So my dad's a big fan of um, mm-hmm. of all of that. So you know, on his, it was his birthday. It was Christmas present for me. So I was like, oh, I'll let him do what he wants. And I told him, Oh yeah, go in there. It's a big sweet store. You can you can uh, stock up. And he goes in there and like immediately just ignore. I was like, Oh yeah, you should look. And he just immediately beelines for, for the pigments and just like go walks around for ages, not talking to me at all. Like not interacting with me, not being like, Oh, they have these. Or yeah. like, Zen focus. Wow. But while he was doing that, I went around and looked at all the all the horny stuff. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It, it, it's more horny in Vegas. I feel like it used to be more horny in that city walk when I think they changed some stuff around in there. Because last time I was in there, it's like people studying and their pencil is gummy or whatever. Like the pictures they have all over the wall, the big old portraits. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it, in the Vegas one and in my memory, the Hollywood one as well. It would be like someone like filleting a popsicle or like, you know, someone with like they're nude, but their nipples are like gummy nipples or like what? Maybe not that hard. Oh, that's hilarious. Color, what? It's hilarious. What's hilarious? All of that. What? <laughs> what the fuck was that? I'm just trying to shut you up about I've it. Never, I've never been shut down so hard <laughs> on this podcast or in life. <laughs> oh my god. That's hilarious. All of <laughs> Wow. So good. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't go down that one with me for some reason. I could feel myself too. I could feel myself being like, he's not coming. <laughs> like I'm swimming and I thought you were behind me and I look back and there's He's just, got the parachute, but he open, hasn't jumped yet. Open water. <laughs> he's got the oxygen tank. Wow. Why hasn't he left the boat? Holy fuck. But I'm, but I'm also not... The reason it hurts so bad is because I wasn't really trying to be funny. The escalation at the end, I was like, I gotta just say something because he's not reacting yet. But it is also true. Like, when you go to the one in Vegas, it is, like, sexually suggestive candy stuff. And honestly, I wasn't trying to shut you down. I was more just saying, like, oh, yeah, isn't that terrible? Mm. It's fucking awful, you know. Oh, oh I you were. Uh, you <laughs> know. No, no, no. Actually, I wasn't. But I, but I liked enjoying your pain reaction to thinking that it might have been a, a direct slight against All you. So then it became one. I was thinking to myself, oh, actually, yeah. If I had meant that, that would have been that would have been better. Oh man, just make him feel bad. But yeah, no, because it it is like it's all the marketing is sexy. It's like a. It's a horny candy store. Well, yeah, it's like the, the fucking hot sauce store on the way to Vegas, the alien jerky one. Yeah, but that one's all like blown fire out of my ass. Yeah, it's all like blown shell whole chunks. Oh, yeah, speaking like- of which, that was one thing that I did intend on doing on the podcast. I'm not prepared for it now, but um, oh yeah, I got the uh, I got the hot ones hot sauce bundle. Right, so you know that show, Hot Ones, yeah. right? Everyone does. Um, yeah, it's interesting about that. What? I distinctly remember, like, almost a year ago now, you talking about this and and us being like, we should do that on the podcast. 
uh-huh. and then completely forgetting about it. Well, until we can now. Yeah, we can now. I, I bought the uh, it fucking cost an arm and a leg, but bought the um, the set. So it's like each season has a different lineup of sauces, mm-hmm. right? So it's ten for each yeah. one, and I bought that set and uh, did it. First of all, like our neighbors, they have these two kids, and they're like four, well, fourteen. One's fourteen, one's sixteen. They're fucking massive dudes. Anyway. Um, sorry, I don't know why I needed to mention that, but anyway, the, the, <laughs> it's kinda, I was like, why is he telling me that? <laughs> it was it was fascinating to me, dude. Like they they are massive guys. I know they're just really tall, really like just big dudes, mm-hmm. not fat, just big. Yeah. Anyway, strapping. Um, yeah, they kind of yeah they're they're like very attractive too. They're they're gonna do well. These are like young children. <laughs> I mean, they're like late teenagers now. I guess one. Oh, okay. They're like nine. And you're no, like, they're no, so no. big. Oh, yeah, these you know all those six foot four nine year olds. You see. <laughs> you seen them? No, six, no. Seven, like one, there. Well, one's like twenty already, and then one's seventeen. The other one, I think, is like fifteen. That fourteen, fifteen. But yeah, I'm just massive dudes. Anyway, uh, but they wanted to they wanted to do it, and uh, so we got them all around. And we did it. We did the whole lineup properly, and uh, yeah, that was a whole bunch of fun. But then I had to do it again a couple of days later because I told my mate Juggy about it, and him and Daniel wanted to do it. Hmm. So I barely just recovered from the first time. And I remember I you invited me to do that, and I don't remember where I was instead. Yeah, I'm playing mahjong. I can't be. <laughs> no, I don't think I was playing mahjong. I think it was something though. It was. Might have been a rehearsal. I don't remember. You said you were going to something. Right? Oh, I was going to Cabaret Macabre that night. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Well, you know. The real spice. The real spice. <laughs> Indeed. Um, okay. Well, I don't have much more to say about it. It's what you'd expect. It's fucking hot sauce. Exactly. It, would just, it would be funny to get you to do it. I would do it. Let's but, do it right now. Uh, yeah. What the thing is, I just doing? don't have anything prepared. I don't have any wings. I don't have any, anything to eat it off. You don't have like, have, uh, like tortilla chips, but... I mean, that's... Yeah. It's supposed to be with the meat, right? Yeah, it doesn't have to. I mean, you really, you're not you're not tasting anything except for the hot sauce. So, so it doesn't matter. You could do it with chips. Yeah. But I don't know. And, like, honestly, I can't be bothered. Yeah, it's, like, all the way over there. Yeah, it's in the fridge. It's in a that's box. Like it's, that's, like, its own episode if we do that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't feel like we have, we have time. Uh, it's, like, 2 o'clock, isn't it? Yeah, it's 2 o'clock. We got a lot of time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not feeling it today. <laughs> Me neither. Not feeling it. I, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, sorry, guys. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> You're just eagerly waiting us to come back, and here yeah. we are. We just yeah. got we got fucking nothing. It's a shame because I feel like I did have some things over the over the six weeks or so. I feel like I, I come up with these great ideas, and I'm like, I should write that down, and then I don't even remember to write it down to say it later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ooh. What? <laughs> the fucking noise. Drinking- I'm just drinking water. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it. Look, ha- look. How about this? Yeah, that's how he does it. He's like, oh, I want the bubbles. I want to. I want to carbonate it like one of those soda machines. <laughs> well, this is literally non-carbonated water in here. In this, I know, and you're spending a fortune on it too. It's a dollar fifty. <laughs> Liquid Death. Yeah. That's a dollar fifty only? Yeah, it was dollar dollar okay. sixty nine actually, which probably with the up price point is still is quite a for lot. the walls. Yeah. Um what? about water now. <laughs> pricing. <laughs> the pricing of water. The water's going up there. <laughs> it's fucking everything's going up. I oh, mean, so uh, what I've been watching a ton of. Oh, go ahead actually. That sounded more interesting. Oh no, just a You're talking price about gas prices. Just, no, fucking everything. Inflation. Have you tried well I, I don't know how much you buy 
food to cook anymore, but meat is fucking expensive now. I can't. I'm, I'm priced out with beef. I, I, uh, I can barely buy it. Anymore. I never. I never really eat meat of any quality anyway. Um, but pork chops still are the same. It seems like. That's, well, that's yeah. Primarily, what lucky I buy. few potato chips haven't really suffered. As oh, a actually, yes, they have. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> by a lot. Kettle chips, which used to be about a dollar ninety nine per bag, are now. I think they're like for like a big bag or a regular for size like a bag? regular size bag, like a not like the family size, but not a personal bag, like a okay. bag. Personal bag. Uh, and and they used to be a dollar ninety nine, and now I think they're like two, maybe even I think they're three ninety nine. Last time I looked at these, and do you think the what is happening more and more recently is because we got these big, uh, you know, worldwide disasters situations. Yeah. Uh, that everyone knows about and is kind of constantly on top of because of the internet, do you think that there's a chance that some companies are just pure taking advantage of it and that there aren't really supply issues that would require such a uh, such a big hike in prices? Because also theme parks, Knott's Berry mm. Farms still haven't hired back half of their staff. This is a year now after reopening after COVID, and they're like, COVID, sorry. Yeah. So everything sucks. It, uh, on a normal Wednesday, it's a 120-minute wait for Ghost Rider. Seriously? Yeah, I keep checking. Because I, I bought an annual pass for them fucking again. I keep wanting to go down. like, And I, I, I can make some weekdays free in the morning, which should be. But I keep checking the times. And sure enough, no, it's always fucking like, you know, 90 minutes for Jaguar. You know, there's stuff you can do there that isn't the rides. You can go to the ghost town. No, but it's going to be full of people because they can't get on the ride. That's true. I'm saying that they, I, I think there are a lot of companies who are taking advantage of global problems yeah. to either Supply make more money. shortages and... Yeah, to make cuts, yeah. make more money. Disney have done the same thing. Have they? Yeah, big price hikes. Uh, some things still not reopening, like some, some of the restaurants especially. Mm. They're just not hiring the staff to do them. But they're charging you more for it. But I think I just you know call me a cynic of capitalism, mm-hmm. right? But sometimes I don't think they really care about us. <laughs> I don't think they particularly care. I understand care. why you feel that way when you're in a heightened state. <laughs> when I'm angry, <laughs> you need but to calm down that they care and realize that actually they're doing the best yeah. they can for yeah. all of us. Yeah, yeah. No, it's actually it's really starting to annoy me. I believe the meat thing, kind of, but honestly, actually, no, not really anymore. I understood when you know when they were having to shut down farms and stuff because of COVID. I understand that. I don't understand why it's like now a, that's been a permanent increase. You know, I don't think, I think we're being fucked over and I have been seeing, this is fucking one of the things that those conspiracy nut jobs have been saying for about 10 years. They've been saying that we are moving towards uh, eating insects Mm -hmm. because they're cheap and plentiful. Yeah. Have you been seeing fucking insects all over the place? Not not in the wild. <laughs> I've been wondering. In shops. Like, what are you no, talking? in shops. I have never seen this before, but in several shops over the last uh, few months, I've been noticing them up, up front, you know, big packs of crickets. Oh, you know, actually, they're, now they're that you mention it, I did it. just see it's some happening. It's, it's sugar. 
It's sugar. Oh, at it's sugar. They had some. Yeah. Well, you can imagine that because it's kind of like, like a, a novelty joke. store. Yeah. But no, uh, all over the place, and especially like hipstery t- kind of places are is getting like hipster cred now, eating cockroaches and insects and stuff. Wow. The, and I mentioned it to the dude because right, I was up at the. I was buying beer from like this craft beer store in, in West LA, and I saw that they had this big selection of crickets, and they were all like, it looks kind of like weed packaging, you know, yeah. that like kind of hipstery like. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're fucking selling these now. And he's like, well, yeah, did you know that like actually 85% of the world eats insects and uh, just we And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'd heard something like that. I just, I'm, weirdly, I've never been to one of those places. I've, I've, there is <laughs> I've been around, but I've never been to a place where everyone is just eating insects. Um, well, you know who's a, big, who's a big advocate for insect eating? Brandon? No, I mean, probably. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, Libby. Yeah. Libby. Mm-hmm. The vegan Libby mm-hmm. is fine eating insects. She says that it's. She says that she would rather if people are going to eat animals. She would rather they go toward insects because it's like eating, <laughs> eating crickets. They're not cute. Well, that are they? That first of all, they're kind of gross. No, the no. It's because apparently There's eating cows insects are kind of nice. <laughs> eating. She does love cows. Uh, I like cows too, but the, the, they are for nothing else. Well, yeah, she like, said her 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 overall plan. She said is just let them go extinct once we stop eating them because they only exist to. Oh eaten. yeah, the the, the the that's the true animal rights activists. Well, they're also they're, <laughs> let, let's let's eradicate the entire species. No, no, no. She said let them go extinct. <laughs> oh yeah, like, let them just starve and as fucking stop, fail as stop a species. Forcefully, forcefully making new cows. <laughs> Yeah, just let them let them go away as a species. It, which, by the way, all, all extensions are very peaceful and amicable. They, 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 it doesn't ever involve, yeah, just animals starving to death and not being able to survive on their own and being prey to other animals. Well, I think that it's more about like it's not. It's more about like <laughs> you know, a like a mother a mother it. cow is like having a semen covered glove shoved up her vagina. Every time Dude, she some, can, some even people pay for that in it. Los Angeles. <laughs> That's true. You know, like to go I, out, I'm saying, wait, to have it done to themselves or to go out and do it to cows. A uh, bit of both. Oh yeah, a bit of both. But there are some immersive experiences, which that's basically what you're paying for. We just had a little sidebar. Had to, had to turn the mic off there. For it's, a a, it's a shame because it was the most animated we've been. Well, since the de- <laughs> since the uh, since the Depp heard verdict, I feel like I can't speak up about domestic violence. Yeah, anyway, I've, I've seen that take floating yeah, around. I, I, I can't. Spe- I, I don't think. I think now we have to stay silent about people uh, not naming <laughs> specifically <laughs> powerful white men. Bald, <laughs> bald, white. just makes them a bit whiter. You know what I mean? Like there's more, there's more whiteness, extra white, more whiteness per square inch. <laughs> we went to Little Tony's the other night. Oh god, oh, fucking hate the that finest. Place. I'm the only. I know person. you do. You are the only it's person. Disgusting. You're the only person. I feel sick every single time I've eaten. There's that. two places that are only hated by one person. It's you with Little Tony's mm-hmm. and Meg with Fish Dish on Magnolia Boulevard. I can't say I've been there. It's a fish burrito place that me and David go to, and it's like we're like we fucking love fish dish. Now we don't get to go anymore. 
Because this broad's always harping on us. <laughs> we'll Sorry, like, David. You, I can't you? go. <laughs> no, it's like the three of us will be hanging out. Where do you want to go to lunch? I already know David and I's answer. And she's like, no. Yeah, she's like, I want to go to Bruxy, she says. Oh, well, I went there. I went there to see Brandon. By the way, you can give a shout out to Brandon, the new chicken king of North Hollywood. Absolutely. We've talked about it before, though. Oh, we did? Yeah. We get Bruxy's a shout out? Yeah. Okay. I saw. Yeah, I went there once. Chicken. I had. I'd, I'd already eaten lunch, so I really shouldn't have gone when I did. But mm-hmm. I, I got their little chicken tenders. They were good. I still haven't. I still haven't had their chicken. What have you had? When I went, it was a turkey club. <laughs> Fucking. You go to a chicken place, and you're like, you know what? I, I remember. Well, do you remember actually the time we went to the stand? Yeah. And I got a chicken sandwich, and you similarly. I, I it drives me crazy when there's a, <laughs> when there's a place that's known for. I remember I had a girlfriend who who had to leave uh, to go back to South Africa, so I took her out to a really nice steakhouse mm. the night before. It was it's called uh, STK. I think it's still there in like Beverly Hills. She got like the chicken or something. She got the fucking chicken. <laughs> Something about the way your accent came out when you did that. She got the fucking chicken. She got the fucking chicken. And I was furious. And it wasn't... Some people... Like, my mom... I I mentioned it to her. My mom was like, fucking what? But... Yeah. But then she was like, well, maybe she just didn't want you to spend too much money. And I was like, nah. Because she also ordered, like, three sides... Yeah, the chicken, it the added up. potatoes. Like, it fucking, fucking added up. Yeah, like it, no. If anything, it was probably more expensive than just buying. Yeah. It was not that. It yeah. was just. It wasn't altruistic. It was a. It was either complete stupidity or like Spite. a calculated, <laughs> yeah. angry move. Like I didn't want to go to a steakhouse. I wanted to go to a chicken a house. Chicken house. A chicken hut. <laughs> oh, it drives me so mad. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Why do the, you care? The reason, well, like, if you're a chicken place or a steak place, the right. reason you have other things on the menu is in case someone there in a party doesn't eat a certain type of food for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. That's it. You eat chicken. You went to a chicken place and you were like, um, turkey, please. <laughs> yeah, that's what I went. Fucking I went turkey up, sandwich. I went up and said, what's not chicken on the menu? I want Give that. Give me something that's not no, what you specialize. You know, no, it's actually because, I'll have you know, uh, it's because I had a show that night. Like, I was going to call for the widower, and uh, I was with David, and I was like, I don't think I want to eat, like, something heavy. Because, like, the big, the big featured menu item is, like, a fucking giant chicken breast on a waffle with, like, an egg... Well, you and don't cheese that. and like, I, well, I'm just saying. So I, I went up and I was like, "What should I get that's not going to like slow me down?" I just told Brandon, I was, Brandon was there, and I was like, I'm, "I got a show. What should I get that's like not too heavy?" And he was like, "Turkey Club." He recommended it. Yeah, he said it was awesome. I'm taking a moment of silence for Brandon there, having to be having to be polite because he's at work. <laughs> Dude, that guy inside that he guy hated you he he had a thousand yard stare i'll just say that <laughs> yeah no what was i saying though um all right well, well we've, we've been fucking all over the place we've only been recording for an hour and 14 we haven't even got that much this and like, is so little like a of this journey so little of it is usable to oh i, I think, think you leave it all in on an episode oh. like this it's about the journey it's about the journey. It's about there them listening, a- being like, will they find it? Will they find it? Will they find it? We're an hour and 14 minutes in. Will they find it? I think I, w- I think we would have found it if, but I know, I already know, just by looking at you, 
the you have not seen the uh, the Sex Pistols series. What do you mean by looking at me? Just by looking at you. I know <laughs> oh, you haven't yeah. watched it. <laughs> Why the f- well, let me ask you a question. Why would I watch that? Exactly. That, that's what I mean <laughs> what? when I look at him. I'm like, well, why would he do anything? Uh, why would I watch a, a mini series about the Sex Pistols or whatever it is? Well, because it's highly contested. Well, first of all, is it's it a big, documentary or is it? No, like it's a, a, it's a you know um, a music biopic essentially spread over six episodes. Oh god! Uh, so it's going to be like it's by Danny Boyle. Oh god! By Danny Boyle, and it's uh, got Disney money behind it, which you know that uh, there's nothing funnier than that already. That Disney have made the biopic about the Sex Pistols, yeah. but um, not only that, but uh, John Lydon has been very vocally against it. Oh, he hates it, does he? Well, he even brought it to court uh, last year, like trying to block the music from being used, and he got sued basically by his bandmates who are getting most of the money from it. I think. Yeah. Um so he got he got shut down by them, but he's been fucking mad about it. And John we've talked about John Lydon a bit. Has before. he been he's been giving these opinions like online? Uh yeah, and an interview. Straight from the so, horse's mouth. Straight from the horse's no mouth. Filter. No nonsense. <laughs> no nonsense. School of hard nuts. Soup to nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like a fairly ridiculous figure. He's actually I just noticed the other day when I was reading up about it that he's uh he's taken <laughs> taken like a bi-weekly uh, slot on Piers Morgan's talk show oh, and it's called yes. like Uncensored with John Lydon or something and it's a bit where eat your pine nuts and Piers squirrels. Morgan like the, the epitome <laughs> of like the fucking establishment yeah. like the most boring reactionary shit well he's like he's like a big conservative pundit right Piers Morgan yeah, yeah. and he's got Johnny Rotten on his show like this is how bad the world has got like whatever fucking eldritch being is dictating the <laughs> the horror of the world <laughs> has decided all right let's take johnny Rotten, like the yeah. iconoclastic anti-authoritarian anti-monarchy anti-establishment blah 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 icon for so many people growing up from the 70s through the 80s and 90s um let's take him and just uh, pal him up with piers morgan to talk about how the queen's all right actually and uh oh that's what it was she said it was some i saw this on twitter actually i logged back into twitter as i do to glance at the feed for 10 seconds like once every two months whenever i'm on my desktop computer and it said it was like an article de- headline that said like john lyden says that he deeply respects the queen as a person yeah yeah where the fuck is this coming from <laughs> It's also, I'm like, is the queen in the news right now or something? Like, it's her Jubilee this year, but the Sex Pistols did that song, God Save the Queen, which was yeah. released over Jubilee, you know, over the Jubilee in uh, the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has, you know, some, uh, you know, some history of that. He, got, he used to get attacked in the streets, supposedly, on account of that song, you know, by... I'm assuming it's a Queen fans. Not not Queen the band fans, but the yeah. Queen fans. So it's not a uh, it's not an actual pro Queen song. Uh, no, the Sex Pistols, weirdly enough, didn't really. Uh, hey, you say that, and yet really I just saw a headline. Queen. No, that's what <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Dude. Like he is fucking, he has gone up, and I think this is like uh, this is happening to a lot of people who were one way, and then in these cult somewhere in the in the sort of scheme of the culture wars, right? They mm-hmm. have ended up sympathizing more with the conservatives on one side and then finding that they have to basically pander to the conservatives yeah. now in order to Brady rather than just being Brady com- Ellis rather than thing, just being yeah. comfortably in the middle. Yeah. So Brady yeah. Ellis is a good example. Uh, fucking Stephen Fry, I would argue 
has been really? pretty directly pandering. Well, anyone yeah. who, because you know why? It's because anyone <laughs> who came out on like an anti PC sort of platform when that was the height of the culture wars, like the language policing stuff. Yeah. Like they John, got, John Cleese, too. Yeah. They got like lumped in with the conservatives and now they have to be like, and it's, yeah, I, I love the Queen, actually. Well, it's a, it was a bit of a shame, like, you know, especially people like John Cleese, because what he thought being anti PC was back in the 70s was like saying bum on TV or right. like, <laughs> you know, like mildly making fun of like bishops. Yeah. Right? And that was like shocking and controversial. Yeah. And now he's in, you know, a situation where he must realize that the people who are mostly supporting him in his various little scuffles online are people who are like, you know, good job, good job, John. Yeah, send them all back. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. John Cleese, national treasure, knighthood on the way. Like you can't all of that, and it's just no. This isn't what you know that that's not what they really wanted. I think they were more or less sincere. And Rowan Atkinson too. Rowan Atkinson has kind of fallen on that side too. Well, Mr. Bean. I, yeah, actually, he always did kind of strike me as a. As a conservative, he's not as I, no, but that—that's the mistake. I don't think that conservative. His stand-up special? He's done plenty of stand-up oh, things. He's, he, you know, he's, he's talking bad about the French in one of them. That's always been a... Uh, that's a, that's <laughs> like an English thing. Okay, I'm saying well, that's like, his version of anti-PC as well. As like, well, yeah, but no, but this is what I'm trying to say, is that yeah. I think they all got caught because they mm. were... Uh, what, when they made a name for themselves, it was as being you know sort of anti-authoritarian and anti-establishment, i.e. controversial, right? Yeah. So now when they see controversies happening and people trying to, you know, say, shut down comedians or things for controversial statements, they feel obliged to put their, you know, to step in and say, absolutely, no, this is wrong. And like, we're controversial too, but they don't realize quite what I think they're aligning themselves with now. It's a pretty yeah. different thing to yeah. being like, it really is to send yeah, them all back to crowd. being like, Oh, the French are, they wear silly hats, you yeah. know, <laughs> but I think John Lydon has yeah. got kind of caught up in that too. Like I, I, I there, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's like the lineup, but, the lineup at the comedy festival is like John Cleese, Rowan Atkinson, Sam Hyde, yeah, <laughs> like, well, when they're having to, you know, when like Stephen Fry is sort of supporting Count Dankula. On <laughs> no, he's not. Is he, he? he was one of the people who supported oh him at the God. time. Which he should have. No, he was right too. He was right too. But the problem is it brings them in. But I'm just like, why does Stephen Fry know who Count Dankula he's is? He's on Twitter. Oh. He's on Twitter. No, Stephen Fry, to be fair to him, has actually put his, kind of put his neck out. I mean, he's obviously in a position where it's pretty hard to cancel him but he's put his neck out for a few people like the the guy who tweeted about uh if 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 there's something about he's waiting for his girlfriend at glasgow airport and he says if if they if they fuck this up one more time i'm gonna blow the whole place up and he got like arrested and oh my god Stephen Fry like went to i think he actually went to the courtroom to defend him um no, so, yeah, and that's all fair and i think they all even john cleese i think they all their hearts are in the right place but I think they don't quite realize what they're aligning themselves with. In John Lydon's case, he has to speak. And there's also this thing now where you know, in the past you could make a statement and hear the press talk about it, but that's pretty much all you'd have to deal with. Whereas now it's like you make a statement, everyone reacts on Twitter, and you're constantly besieged by like, oh, let's do a Zoom interview about it. Let's uh, let's get you on this show. Like, oh, Dave Rubin wants to talk to you now. And like, oh, yeah. well, would you be interested in going on the fucking Ralph Retort or whatever? Um <laughs> So they, they end up, and well, they get confused. Or Ralph Garman's the Ralph Report, even. Yeah, yeah. So they end up having to, like, kind of talk to death about it and yeah. often, you know, making missteps and stuff. And John Lydon's no different. Um, and it's funny because they're all, like, 
you know, the, uh, you'll see it. Like, you know, they'll co- they'll have someone like Ben Shapiro or something, right? And he'll right. be like, you know, uh, I think most of them know it's to stay away from him. Yeah, but I'm saying like, just hypothetically, it'll be like, like Dave so Rubin's say, a little bit more say, mercurial. Say Ben Shapiro catches wind that. Uh, Stephen Fry said something that was like vaguely anti-language policing, yeah. right? He oh, they'll like, bring you in. And they'll bring you they'll in, bring and, you in. and they'll be like, y- yes, so you agree with me that there are only two genders. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then now Stephen you, you Fry just has there. to be there being yeah. like, um, well, uh, I don't know about all that. I, I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you get kind of stuck there. Um, yeah. and, I, and actually, you know, Count Dankula is the guy who did the, made his pug react to a Nazi salute or something yes, like yeah. that. Made he, his he taught that. his dog to Nazi yeah. salute. His which girlfriend's is, dog. His girlfriend's is, pug. Actually, yeah. why? It's funny. It's because he did it <laughs> he was, to, he was he did to annoy, annoy someone yeah. else. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and it was fine or whatever. And he actually made a good... I, I think since he has... He's, he could have not aligned with some of the people he did align with, but he did make a point where he said, look, I, I have a hammer and circle tattooed on my chest. Like, I was absolutely mm-hmm. a left-wing dude. And the, people are angry at me now for aligning with the only people who stood up for me during yeah. something that was really unfair. And it's like, of course I would. Like if, right. if they no matter, even if I disagree with them on something, it's like, they're the only ones who are in my corner. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stick up with them. Um, but same with, you know, John Lydon now ending up on at a point where like Piers Morgan wants to have him regularly on his show. So John Lennon sat there and he's talking, you know, he's able to say, ah, oh, well, the, you know, this language policing has gone too far, hasn't it? It's mm-hmm. mad. Mm-hmm. Right. So he gets to say that. It's like, right, fair enough. That's John Lydon. But then Piers Morgan be like, oh, yes. And, uh, you know, don't you think, I mean, also, uh, I mean, the Queen, uh, everyone's angry at the Queen, but the Queen is one of the great things about Britain. And then John Lydon has to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, I, I respect. Uh, <laughs> I respect because the they know queen. who their audience is. Yeah, now. like when they're when when they you know say right, I'll, I'll I'll go there even though I'm not that really isn't what I'm about. Yeah, but then you have to kind of you don't want the audience to turn on you, so you end up in these horrible situations where you're basically having to be Johnny Rotten saying, "Yeah, the Queen's all right. Actually, I like her." You know, the, that's fucking embarrassing, man. Well, another it's really one that, embarrassing. Another one that got brought up in the thread under that was. Uh, Someone talked about how they saw Henry Rollins on a speaking tour, and he was he was berating um, some public figure at the, who at the time met the president, who at the time was George W. Bush, and he was berating this person for slouching when he got to meet the president in the Oval Office. Henry Rollins, I can <laughs> taking t- yeah. this bizarre like neocon. I can totally imagine that. fucking ooga booga, fucking chest waving patriot shit. Chest waving, flag waving, chest, chest waving. <laughs> yeah. Well, that guy, I mean, if you've seen Henry Rollins, he's got some tits to wave around. That guy's huge. No, he's tiny, actually. He's very small. No, he's ripped. Like, he's got giant pants. He's, he's got, like, that kind of, like, he's got that Joe punk. Yeah, he's very short. Yeah. Was about, and he's wrinkly, too. Like, really he's got wrinkly. This neck, this neck muscle. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got that. Um, yeah, I mean, Henry Rollins has always been a bit of a fucking hack, but. Yeah. And John, Johnny Rotten, too. He's been a hack for like at least the past two There's decades. There's only one fucking guy that we can depend on to be ideologically consistent and just keep up, and that's Jello Biafra. Oh, Jello Biafra. <laughs> My man. You know what? To his credit, yeah. he is actually ideologically. He's always been very he's pretty left. consistent. He's consistent. Yeah. He's just so annoying. Yeah, he's he's so a bit bland. Stupid. But, um, oh, man. When I watched him live, I saw him opening for Tool. Yeah. It was like Jello Biafra and the, I guess he does, I don't know if this is a thing he does, but like anytime he goes out on a solo tour, he renames the band seemingly, or he just switches bands that often. That's fun. 
But it's like Jello Biafra and the Blanks, whatever. Yeah, okay. Uh, but everything they did when they'd play is he would... Because I didn't even know he did music. What do you think he did? Well, I knew he was in the Dead Kennedys. Uh, but who, I thought all of his... were known for that painting. Well, no. The I thought that all of his solo work was spoken word. No. Doesn't he have, like, spoken word albums? I bet he does. Yeah. As does Henry Valance. Right. <laughs> so I thought <laughs> So I thought that's what he did. I guess he must make solo music though. Sure. Cuz I don't think he played that many Dead Kennedys. I don't songs. know much about Jello Biafra's career. Oh, you're missing out cuz when I saw no, him I, live, I've heard him speak about things. When I They wrote nice upon fuck off. It's like, you know, that is now an yeah. anthem. Yeah, it's a great song. I guess it always has been, but especially now. Yeah, after Green Room. Uh-huh. Remember they play it in Green yeah, Room? Yeah, I remember. Uh well, no, so they, I saw them opening for Tool, old Jello Biafra there, mm-hmm. and uh, he kept doing this. Part of his shtick was that between the verses of every song, he would do a little acting on stage, like kind of like some satirical mime work. So he would kind of bop around the stage. So he'd go up to the mic and he'd sing a few verses, and then he'd bop over to the stage and he'd be like pretending to wildly type on a computer with wide eyes and like drinking coffee and you know it's kind of satirical uh mimery cool it was very interesting was it or was it shit it was shit and he did it every single song for the entire set and he kind of only had those two moves (laughs) okay it was like he had the idea but he didn't think it out all the way and then he felt pot committed anyway oh i'm sorry let's talk about john lydon (laughs) Well, yeah, because there's a new... Are we talking about Jello Biafra? It's far more topical. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, the, the, there's this new Sex Pistols show out, which I imagine a lot of people will watch. It's on Hulu and uh, Disney Plus in the UK and everything. Like, it's going to be watched by a lot of people. And I'm kind of curious what they make of it, assuming most people don't have the same connection or knowledge of the Sex Pistols or 1970s England or mm-hmm. the punk scene or whatever. I'm kind of curious what they make of it. I'm very worried that they'll take that as like, oh, that's what they were. That's what it was. That's that's how it happened. Um, is, it, is it inaccurate? or uh, oh, it, Wildly, mm. wildly, wildly inaccurate. And I, I mean, I could go on for fucking ever about why, but that wouldn't, I don't think, interest anyone. Um, but there are a few things I'll mention. So the thing I was trying to get at is that John Lydon is the only Sex Pistol who has refused to... Well, wanted to refuse it being made, basically. Mm-hmm. He wanted to not let them use any of their music. Um, but the other two members, uh, Steve Jones and uh, Paul Cook, uh, counter-sued him for that, basically. and So it happened. It went ahead. And Danny Boyle said, you know, we have no hard feelings against John Lydon uh, for not being a part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we completely understand that. And, uh, and if anything, you know, he should be against it because that's him. He's punk rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously no resentment, nothing. I watched the fucking show. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Johnny Rotten's like shitting himself and hitting himself on the head. And like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, it's based Steve Jones, who's, who I think was the main, I think it was his autobiography that the show is based on even though his is like the most recent autobiography and mm-hmm. anyway, most, not, not known specious. to be, not known to be the most, uh, the most accurate. Um, but so Steve Jones is the hero of this story nice. um, to the point where Johnny Rotten isn't even in the first episode until a very absolutely hilarious reveal at the end. Like, like a, like a super superhero movie cliffhanger where it's like, yeah. you know, you see someone they're in a room, you don't see their face. They have a Pink Floyd t-shirt on and 
you see them scroll on it and they've written, I hate at the top of it. So it says, I hate Pink Floyd, which is a t-shirt that John Lydon used to wear. Oh, I see. And then it like, has a smash cut to him looking in the mirror like, <laughs> and it's Johnny Rotten. Oh, <laughs> credits. He's going to be in the net. This is how they found their singer. Fucking ridiculous. But then, yeah, Johnny Rotten is in it. And yeah, they're, they're saying that they had no, no ill will. And we're going to, it's going to be a fair representation of everything and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Johnny Rotten is just like, and then, oh, oh, I'm rotten. Really? They like make him look stupid or they make him look like. Just, uh, it's nothing like him. Yeah. At all. And there's plenty of uh, video footage of Johnny Rotten talking. Yeah. At the time and like through the ages. He is a well documented figure. And they have this guy who's just like, oh, I'm, uh, oh, I'm fucking evil. Woo. <laughs> Like that. Oh, I hate everything. I'm an idiot. Why? Like that. It is so fucking offensive. (laughs) It is like if if John, if he does watch it, I'm sure he will. Mm -hmm. He he won't be able to resist watching it. He is going to be 10 times as angry as he was (laughs) because it's. Yeah, it's one of the least fair representations of a person. And then the others aren't good either. The the only the, the other Sex Pistols aren't good. They, they, they look like babies. Like They just don't look right. They look like, uh, like a bunch of 15-year-olds who've dressed up like a punk band for Halloween. <laughs> they've got these wigs and stuff. It's a bit yeah. like Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, with, with yeah. like Freddie Mercury. I'm just like, oh, that, that doesn't look like any person who's ever existed in real life. <laughs> it looks like a kind of Tim and Eric sketch. Yeah. It just doesn't look right. Um, but also similar to Bohemian Rhapsody, the uh, Malcolm McLaren, who was the Sex Pistols manager, was this basically a kind of scheming, evil <laughs> genius. Yeah. Uh, like the kind of prototypical music biopic evil manager, right? Yeah. Uh, the kid who plays him, well, I say kid, he's like 30 now, uh, is the guy from um, Love Actually, the little boy okay. who plays the drums in Love Actually, Liam Neeson's son. Yeah. And uh, I actually got called out. I got fucking cancelled by by Robert uh, for mentioning that on the Slack because I said the kid from Lab actually is actually really good. He, he does a good Malcolm McLaren impersonation. He said it was a spoiler. And Robert Foley's like, um, it's such a shame that this he is now thirty two years old. His name is Thomas Brody Sangster, and he's been in over fifty films and <laughs> including one of the biggest series of the last decade, which I think is the Queen's Gambit because it was in yeah. that. Uh, it's such a shame that you you know you'd still refer to him as the kid from Love Actually, well, and it's like, well, go. first of all, if I'd said Thomas Brody Sangster, ninety nine percent of people would not know who I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Second of all, he this kid from Love Actually has not changed his physical appearance at all <laughs> since he was twelve or however old he was, eleven or twelve in that movie. It's it, it's a basic part of growing up that you're you're supposed to change your face at one point. He's forgotten to do that. And now he looks like the kid from Love Actually, just a bit taller. Like they put him in a microwave and he grew. When I say the kid from Love Actually is in it, everyone knows exactly who I mean. Yeah. If I say Thomas Brody Sangster is in it, no one cares. Yeah, I would not know who that so is. So I'm sorry, but that's the case. It's, it's, it's the same with, um, you know, the, the kid from The Sixth Sense. Shit, Robert? No, the kid, the kid from The Sixth Sense. settled today. The kid from The Sixth Sense, right? Haley Joel If you say Haley Joel Osment, no, people, people are like, uh, no, but when he grew up, like, he, his face, did, he, he, he actually grew up a little differently. Like, so the kid from Love Actually grew up 
and looks, for all intents and purposes, exactly the same, just taller. Um, the the Haley Joel Osment, he grew up and his face stayed exactly the same, but his head sort of grew around it. He's got a big old beard and stuff now, right? Wasn't well, yeah, he he's in, done he that. He was like in Silicon Valley, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and by all accounts, he's he's a, a pretty nice dude and like takes some kind of relatively interesting roles. He's in Tusk and Yoga Hosers. That's right. So you know all the good stuff, but his face sort of stayed in the. It looks like a weird Photoshop, you know, yeah. where they they kind of. So it's he's a, got yeah. his Sixth Sense kid's face. Sort of surrounded by a much bigger adult's head. And it's just a basic part of growing that your face is meant to grow with your head. But his, he didn't do that. And it's the same with this kid from Love Actually. He just didn't grow up the way that you're supposed to. So it's very difficult to not look at him and go, oh, the kid from Love Actually. Mm. Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to discredit the 50 films he's done. I'm sure all of which were fantastic. I, I thought but, you were going to say. I thought you were going to say that Robert said it was a spoiler. That you said that because he's notoriously sensitive about spoilers. No, it's not a spoiler. Um, no, but I, I did feel a bit like, oh, I've been sort of shot at for for saying the kid from Love Actually is in it. Well, uh, I hope you two find common yeah, ground we'll, one we'll day. Figure it out, yeah. But he also said, oh, uh, there's someone else in it. I can't even remember his fucking name. Uh, he was like, oh, Toby Young's in it too. Is it Toby Young? Let me just check. The director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No, Toby Wallace. Sorry, not Toby Wallace. He's like, oh, Toby Wallace is in it. Awesome cast. I might watch it now. And I was like, Toby... So, I, so Toby Wallace. I looked him up, and he, he's the guy who plays Steve Jones in it. I looked him up. He's been in one fucking film before. It's Which one? Baby Teeth, this Australian movie. Oh. Dude, Robert's a film yeah. buff. I'm sorry. No, you have not seen one film with this kid in it. He saw And then be like, Teeth. oh, well, I have to watch it, because that kid was... Like, fuck... No, you are... Just mad that I called your your mate from Love Actually <laughs> the kid from Love Actually. <laughs> Dude, he's a film. I'll bet you anything he's seen Baby Teeth. I'm sure he's seen and Baby he Teeth. He probably loves it. Yeah, it's on Prime Video. You can watch it. I saw a, an image of it. It looks, you know, it looked like what it what it probably is. It's an Australian film, and it's an Australian kid actor. I'm like, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think anyone was like. Oh, I'm I'm on the fence about the Sex Pistols bio, but oh, the the guy from Baby Teeth is in. It. I'll watch that then. He plays Zeke Jones. Zeke Jones? No, Steve, Steve Jones. Jones. Steve Jones. What the fuck has happened to your ear, by the way? Oh, you Have never... you just done that to to throw me off? No. I don't, what are I, you doing? I do it all the time. I it normally like, have longer hair. He, he, oh god, that's horrible. Has anyone yeah. seen him do this? Yeah, probably a lot of people in the audience know what you're talking about right now. Yeah, he like bent his ear inside of itself so that he had like a little. Kind of cauliflower ear going on. Mm-hmm. Just I to Libby throw me asked off. me if I had cauliflower ear once. Well, were you always like that? Did you always have them? No, I think it was just they, they were normal. Them? She was just like, "You have cauliflower ear." I was like, "Ouch, bitch! Mm. What the fuck?" <laughs> well, anyway, uh, yeah, that, no, there's a lot, a lot else I would talk about that show if you'd seen it. But um, yeah, it's it's really fucking offensive and and bad and and just doesn't feel at all like. The Sex Pistols. They've, like Chrissy Hind is also in it, all like as a key character. Chrissy Hind from The Pretenders. I'm assuming you know who she is. Yeah. Okay. So I knew that she was around London at the time, and she was a, a musician. And she had met. She she was like in the same circles, and she worked at the uh, the 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 boutique clothing store. The the Sex Pistols were kind of formed in by um, Malcolm McLaren's wife, Vivian Westwood. I knew she was around, but from this, I, unless I'm completely wrong and I've just missed a lot of lore, um, she was nowhere near as instrumental 
to every single thing about uh, about their career as this show makes her out to be. I think it's they felt like they needed a woman in it. Oh, it's an all-male cast and shit? Well, because it was about the Sex Pistols, which was like a, basically a boy band, yeah. uh, mostly managed by Malcolm McLaren. And, like, you know, they had little... They had, like, uh, certainly a, a female contingent of hangers-on and stuff like that. But I, I never at any point got the impression that Chrissy Hine was a, at all relevant to their band. Hmm. From everything I've read. And I've read a lot. I've read two of their autobiographies, and they m- maybe mention her in passing. But in this, she's like a Zooey Deschanel kind of girl next door figure who Steve Jones is in love with, and they they have like this whirlwind romance, and hmm. it, it, it devalues Chrissy Hind as well as everything else. Uh, it's it's just really horrible. It's just a horrible, horrible show. Wow, horribly written. To, like this, so, so much of each show is just spent. With people saying like we are gonna burn this country to the ground, we are gonna oh, really? smack, we're like assassins. Shit? Yeah, we're gonna fucking sounds like the fucking American Idiot musical. It literally, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like that, you know. And and I'm sure there was plenty of embarrassing shit said by, uh, you know, said by people in in those kind of circles at the time, but not all the time, and not always, and not like you know sitting on the bus and thinking up oh. Uh, Anarchist, Antichrist. There's a hell of a lot. Uh, all the music biopic, um, you know, kind of tropes are in there too. With like, wait, what's that you're playing? Oh, oh that yeah. sounds a hell of a lot like Anarchy in the UK, the popular Sex yeah. Pistols song. There's a lot of that. There's also a lot, again, much like Bohemian Rhapsody, there's a lot of score settling from the other two members reminding everyone I wrote the lyrics to this one. Or I, I actually came up, you know, pretty vacant. I came up with most of that. Uh, because, you know, most people assume it was the Sex Pistols, not just this one guy. Have that you, happens in Queen, in the Bohemian Rhapsody thing all the time, where oh, yeah, know, John, John Deacon will poke his head and be like, ah, and I've written this entire baseline. So what do you think of that? Well, <laughs> yep, remember? Like, <laughs> it's so fucking, stop that. Like, stop that. You were a also band. Just stop with music biopics. Or you know yeah, what it really I'm fucking, is? I, I'm you know what it really is? Stop with music biopics that have the involvement of anyone in the band. Mm-hmm. Like, don't allow them to be part of it. Well, we got With this one Elvis exception, one. Actually. Oh, what's There's that? a new one coming out. Elvis. I don't know if you've seen the trailers. Elvis. No, I'm stoked for that, though. That was shit. What, why are you stoked for that? Baz Luhrmann. What about Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. That makes you stoked. Yes. You've seen The Great Gatsby. Yeah, it's good. What? It's fine. It's but have you seen terrible. Moulin Rouge? Have you seen Moulin Rouge? Yeah, Moulin Rouge undoes whatever else. Moulin gets a pass for life for Moulin Rouge. It's, it's not. And Romeo and Juliet. They're both fine. Moulin do Rouge. I, is do than I fine. think if if I was thinking right, Elvis Presley, who who would do a biopic? First of all, no. It, it should be Baz Luhrmann. No, it shouldn't be because it's going to be Baz stylized. Luhrmann. Yeah, you'll have you'll have fucking Lady Gaga in to redo some of his songs. Thank I, God. I don't think they have any of his. <laughs> I don't think they're allowed to use any of his songs. Actually, that's even better. That sounds very interesting. This is this is the fucking problem with film <laughs> criticism right now, where they're just like, yeah, awesome, like, oh, make it as ridiculous and stupid well, as possible. Well, what would you that's rather great. You straight ahead Elvis biopic? Who no, gives a just shit? Just a good one. No, just a good it's gonna be film. Good. It's gonna be good. No, but no that's not what I'm talking be. about. Here's no, the trailer. Here's the trailer that's coming out that I saw. Okay. Weird Al Yankovic is getting a music biopic. Oh. It looks to be uh like Is he in it? A la private parts? No, it should, looks that to would be, make that good. That'd be good. Yeah. It looks to be satirical. It looks to be like 
opposite. No, it looks to be parodying. Kidding? Uh, because I didn't realize because all he's been he's been teasing on his social media like, oh, we're making this movie about me, and Daniel Radcliffe is playing me, and I thought that was a joke at first, but it wasn't. And then and then I was like, why would they make a movie about Weird Al? But then I watched the trailer, and it very much appears to be like a like a mocking Bohemian Rhapsody, the Elton John one. So it's like it shows that's been done. It was called Walk Hard. They have done. Yeah, the they music. also had Pop Star. Well, well that? yeah, but that was not that was not good. Pop Star is much better than Walk. No, Hard. you're wrong. Walk, Walk Hard, Hard was sucks. Dick. Walk Hard was a lot funnier than fucking John Pop C. Riley, close personal friend of the theater, by the way. Mm-hmm. He uh, he is good in that. Walk Hard was perfectly fine. No, it's not. First of all, look at what it was making fun of. First of all, Walk uh, Hard <laughs> was making fun of a specific movie. This no, it is- wasn't. I was making fun of a ton of them. Are you fucking? Did you watch the movie? No, you didn't. I did. You did not. I did. It was making fun of a specific movie. It was, was it? Walk the Line. Walk the Line was one of like ten that it was making fun of. Which other ones? Hence, he goes through. Oh yeah, remember in Walk the Line when Johnny Cash went to India and like hung out with the fucking in in an ashram? And t- yeah, but that's not from a movie. That's just Beatles lore. Uh, yeah, it's based on t- tons of different music biopics and documentaries and stuff yeah, like that. I guess you're it's right. also largely based on the Doors. A lot of things are directly taken from the Doors movie. Yeah, that's true. There are tons of little things in there. Yeah, it's a work of genius. Its framework, it's, it's its framework may have been uh, what the line for the for the because that has like the most generic. That kind of almost defined music biopics in a way. Yeah, it's it really had the bad. most generic thing with like the parents in the South, and then he grows yeah. up and whatever, but. I remember well, I've, I've, seen, it. I've seen it. I remember the scene where he's like, you don't want no parts of this. And he keeps getting him into various different drugs and mm-hmm. he keeps like, you don't want no part of it. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's a funny fucking movie. And, and it, I think, observed music biopics well enough. And so here's why they're kind of silly. But also, okay, hold here on. Here we go. We're still we making them. Do, Well, we're still making music biopics. Yeah. So we can make another satire of them because it got 20 years since Walk Hard came yeah, I know, out. but the thing is they haven't changed. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> they haven't really they have. changed. Yes, they have. What's but Bohemian Rhapsody is a different vibe than. Not really, honestly. It's just. It's I mean, just, I haven't seen worse. Bohemian Rhapsody or Walk the well, Line, so. The, what? Okay, well, there you fucking go. <laughs> no, it's exactly the same formula. Exactly the same formula. I can't be bothered to watch these shit movies. I don't blame you, but that, just yeah. don't talk about don't talk about them with any authority. Then. I have seen private parts. Okay, it's good. Well, yeah. I actually quite like that movie. It's, it's, you know, if you're going to make an autobiographical movie, that's one way of doing it. I love Howard Stern. Uh, Not nowadays. Here we go again. Yeah. Or uh, really in the old days either. I guess I don't love Howard Stern. But no, I have a morbid he's, fascination he's shown with him. what he is. Oh, well, nowadays and for he, sure. And what he always has been, I think. You know what? No. He's... I think he always was. I think it just depended on what the tone was at the time. Mm. You know, when you have Dr. Demento, or what, what was the guy that he was obsessed with? Um, the radio dude, Jot Jot. That he was obsessed with? Yeah, it was in the movie. Um, well, that he had a rivalry with? No, no, the one that oh. he really liked. Um, oh, I don't remember I think this. maybe they later did have a rivalry. Yeah, that's that guy who well, won't let Don Imus. Don Imus. Yeah, maybe it was that. Because well, he and Don, Don Imus hate each other. Well, yeah, but he was into him before he became famous himself, right? He was, he was trying that to... That might co- be true. He was trying to copy other things. I don't know. Yeah, he was. And then he just got very... He took it further. I know they worked together. I remember that Howard and Imus have always hated each other. And I actually thought it was quite cool. It was like the last... The last legitimate moment of Howard in his latter days where he's just like, I love, you know, 
we're going to like, he just loves the establishment. He loves everything now. And he's, he's like, yeah. Uh, and he talks off and he's like, I was so angry back then. He like, he's like, he's all but disavowed his entire life's work. Yeah. Which is fine. Isn't Gary the retard now Gary the conqueror? I don't know. I think he, he, if I remember correctly, and this was a few years ago, but he made a big point about how like it's wrong to say retard. You shouldn't do that. Now this is someone who spent most of his career saying it. Every yeah. Other, now that he's already a billionaire off of saying retard. Now, exactly. he's, now it's yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, there's something really disingenuous about that. I have to say though, he, he has mentioned my mum by name on his show, and yes, he has. He loves it, <laughs> and he's very, and she's he's always really nice about her. So I can't. I might, I might be a little like, all right, if that was the old Howard Stern, he might have had other things to say about her. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. I got to be a little grateful. But I will yeah. say though, one of the things that's interesting about about him, like oh, that's why I said it was like one of the last moments of realness I observed in this later latter days Howard is um, he. When Imus died recently, I think it was like a year ago or something. That recently? Was it? I, I mean, would have he would have died ages years? ago. He was old. No, oh, he was old, but he died fairly recently. Uh, let me look it up. When did he die? It might have been like 2020 or something. Well, while you're looking that up, um, I'm just I'm going to spit on someone's grave here and say, Norm MacDonald, not that funny. Yes, he is. What? I I am trying so hard to see December it. December 2019 is when is when Oh, that's Imus how, died. he must have been what 90 or 80. Yeah, he was quite well. He was born in 1940, so he yeah. died at 79. That wow, I thought he was a lot older than that. He's just no, one of those guys who perennially old, looked yeah. old. Um but No, I, McDonald, can we talk about that? Wait, for, no, hold oh, on sorry. a second. <laughs> so what so they went to Howard for comments on it. A lot of people were hitting him up. They're like, you know, do you want to come forward and be like I was wrong for all the things I said about Imus. And he was like, actively like, no, I'm glad he's dead. I hate him. Mm-hmm. I still hate him. <laughs> I will never like, it was just so awesome to, that he didn't do the thing everyone does yeah. in when that happens and like renege. And well, John Lydon did it with Malcolm McLaren. Oh, really? Yeah. Malcolm McLaren, who we had absolutely hated, mm-hmm. wrote almost enti- like most of his autobiography is about how much he hates Malcolm McLaren and would piss on his grave every day if he lived nearby. But then he dies, and John's like, well, he was an entertainer, and he was entertaining to me, and we all <laughs> loved him, and I heard that people were arguing at his funeral, and what a shame that is to disrespect this dead man. Um, what? <laughs> what? You can't have it both I'm always honest. I always say what I think. It's like, well, what do you, you think? Two different things all the time. What seems. he thinks is that you should respect the dead, respect the queen. Yeah. Respect but when country. they're alive. <laughs> He's queen and country. He's like James Bond. Yeah, that's what it, what it's looking at right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to piss real quick. Me too. Let's, let's take a little piss. Break. No, Norm McDonald's funny. I, you know I'm, not saying, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not funny. I'm this. not saying he's not good at what he is and what he does and stuff like that. It's, it's always fine, but I've not, I've still not found any example of him being like, oh, this guy is super special. He's the funniest we've got. Because I've heard a lot of people saying that, especially after he died, which you expect. But even before he died, a lot of people were saying he is the, well, the absolute best that we have. He was one of those... And he's just... I don't know. I just can't find it. Well, he was like Gilbert. He was one of those comics comics. Like, it felt like he was... No one ever said that Gilbert Comedian is the best comedian. Oh, Except yes, for, they it's did. Except No, no, no. It's No, 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 no. No one ever, There's a whole documentary about how every comedian's favorite comedian is Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, yeah, okay, so I can understand that in the sense that, like... Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah. I, but I don't think anyone's ever said my number one comedian is Gilbert Gottfried, except for Pendulette. I don't know anyone who ever said my number one is Norm, though. Oh, normal people? Yes. 
there are a load of people who I've come across on my, you know, my comedy forum and like elsewhere who just they think he was the best that we had, and I just can't. He he find had a real that. cult I can't following. Find that. Well, do you what have you been watching? Fair enough. I, I like have him not on the seen talk shows. I have not seen even close to everything that he's got. Yeah. Uh, I know there is some stuff that I'm missing that is now hard to find. His old talk show is gone because Netflix bought it. But mm. I did watch the Netflix version, mm. and it was. I don't care for his, I don't care for, well, I'll say this. I think one thing people really liked about him is that he was one of the first people in the nineties doing kind of like anti humor. Uh, yeah. Like he does a lot of like dad jokes. It's dad jokes, but the the joke is the way I think he's very good. I think that what's really interesting about him is, is the way that he finds the jokes outside of the punchline. Like in little things, like he's very Stuart Lee esque uh, in the way that it's like uh, it'll be like a little turn of phrase. I, I will yeah. give you that, like, yeah. and I think he's a perfectly charming performer. Yeah. I, think, I think, oh, well, that's funny, you know. Yeah. And like, I mean, Mitch Hedberg was a bit like that too, you know. Well, where, except his jokes were the joke. Yeah, yeah. but no, but it would be similar. Thing. Like, you know, I was watching one of Norm's specials yesterday, and he's like, you know, that's to show my ID, and ID that stands for I identification. Mm-hmm. It seems like the D is doing most of the work there. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. Yeah. But that's like a Mitch Hedberg joke. You know, like, yeah. there was a lot of that, and it was all perfectly amiable and well-presented, well-constructed. But there's nothing in that which makes me... Like, the same way that when I first saw, let's say, fucking George Carlin, or Stuart Lee, for that matter, where I was like, oh, this is, like, a step above some, you know, everything else I'm used to. I haven't found the step above part with him yet. Well, I think what it is... I'm sure uh, it's out there. I just you should try looking up some of his. I heard his book is great, so I might read. Yeah, that. his book is funny because it's fictional. Yeah, um, but that is also you know it's kind of been done. I I, I don't know. I I'll have to read it for myself to see if it. Um, he's he's also is it was an enigmatic guy because as funny as he was, there's a lot of like mythos around him because you never knew when he was joking really cuz he was so deadpan and but he was also very eccentric but he would never say anything and, that like well he would say interesting things that you were not quite sure like i guess like one of the things is like in his online work and like just in his personal life he's like a really big fan of literature i guess and he would give yeah. a lot of recommendations for books online but then would every once in a while just be like i was talking to thomas pynchon or like he would refer to Cormac McCarthy as his friend multiple times. Right. Like, was he actually hobnobbing with these two? Because it's just about plausible enough. No, but probably not. But like, but it, he's not. But like, if you look at it, it's not funny. Like, what he's saying isn't a joke. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah, like yeah, it's okay, it's yeah, very odd. But I mean, that's not why people like him. I don't think it's just one thing that I've always found fascinating about him. He was also apparently like practically asexual for a lot of his life. I don't know about that. He talked. There was an interview with him. He sounded very depressed, actually. Uh, he, he, but well, maybe he'd just been diagnosed with cancer. That's maybe kind of, that is interesting that he, he kept he, that from everybody for like eight years. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, no, but he's, was, he's definitely interesting. I respect him. Yeah, it was interesting. One of the things, made me one of the things I, I found this interview of him, and that's why I thought that I'm like maybe he's being totally genuine. Is there like he's on this kind of like podcast? It might have been like fucking that Tom Segura and his wife podcast or something like that. And he's on there and they're like, Oh, Norm, like you're handsome. You must like get a ton of girls. Like you haven't been married in so long. It looks a bit like Billy Corgan. Yeah. A little bit like with hair. Billy yeah. Corgan he's got that kind of yeah. like snowman, like kind of Jack Frost yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just like, no, I don't really, 
I don't really like sex. It's like I don't really like the act of it because I don't really like being around people. I mostly keep to myself. And like, and they're like, "What do you do all day?" And he was like, "I mostly just read like literature." And like, but he like he sounded really like a bummer. And he's and like kind of all the things he was saying was he was just like, "Yeah, the only thing I really care about is my son." Uh, and he's like, "I just want to make sure my son has a good life." And okay, but what what is interesting about this? I guess it was interesting because he's a comedian and he sounded like a morose fucking hermit. I- <laughs> That's not uncommon for comedians. Though. Oh, every comedian. LA comedian. I, every comedian, sure. every, LA comedian I was going to sure. say, yeah. Every comedian I hear get interviewed though is like trying to be funny in the interview and doing shtick. No, and- there. Are, okay, well, maybe maybe it's a certain type of comedy then. But yeah, yeah. no, plenty of comedians like to play up the kind of commotion. But he wasn't. There was no punchline. That's what I mean. Like he just sounded no, no, morose. Still, yeah, but yeah. E- even still, yeah. yeah. I, but that's, that's not. Anyway, if that's you all, hear Stuart Lee in interviews, he sounds like uh, he sounds autistic. Basically, he's very well spoken. Actually, when he's I've very seen, well spoken, yeah. but he, he just will catalog, you know, like reel off like a bunch of stuff about you know old vinyls he's got, or oh yeah, like, he, he ruins interviews. Uh, I think accidentally uh, by just kind of being very. He's not funny in interviews, no, at all, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get the impression that he's not an especially funny person. Yeah, um, but he is able to craft that into stand-up comedy. Boy, that's I, I will say though, he had one of the best insults which i've been trying to find opportunities to steal what's that when he talking about james corden liking him oh, and wow. he's yeah and he's mad about it and he says james corden trying to pretend he's clever he's like james corden liking me and he goes like a dog listening to classical music <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he's very funny on stage although I, I also think he's sort of losing that as well i don't like his latest stuff that it's, i've seen yeah it, it, He's relying a little bit too much on the persona. He's still, of like prote- the, yeah, yeah. I think the thing is, he built this persona for him where he was like this kind of unusual mm-hmm. uh, comedian, and the stuff he was doing was pretty, you know, de- it was like deliberately boring or deliberately or kind of frustrating. Or- yeah, like and and overly convoluted, and mm. uh, and he and so he and that would be a big part of his act too. Would be like mentioning, you know, losing the audience. Or like dividing the audience into two, yeah. you know, like the, the ones who really liked him and understood him, mm-hmm. and then the people who'd been dragged along who really didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was his kind of persona. It worked for a while because it was true. It was like, yeah, a yeah. lot of people have heard, you know, for some reason this guy Stuart Lee is getting all these awards. Then they go to see him expecting to laugh at like, you know, jokes about going to the shops or whatever. Yeah. And they get there and he's talking about, you know, yeah. parasite for 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> That's such a good bit. Yeah, that- but that worked for a while doesn't work when everyone knows who you are and everyone who's in the audience and they're expecting it i will say this though yeah as i've been driving around and i've i've listened to every podcast out there whatever podcast you've heard of i've listened to at least an episode of it and um and so i started going to youtube for my entertainment and you get a nice little you'll get a nice little audio play if you uh, auto play if you just look at any one Stuart lee clip there are Stuart lee clips for miles yeah. on youtube um, but one that I came across, which happened to be a bit I was unfamiliar with, um, which I feel like I'm running out of, but the... Oh, you haven't seen Comedy Vehicle yet? No, I haven't. Yeah, you got to watch all of that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, like, yeah. the first three seasons, anyway, are really yeah. good. The fourth one, not so much. I will say that, so, <laughs> the guy, I, I listened to 
about so you you I'm sure you know this bit the the you know the rap singers you know oh, they yeah, got, yeah. got the rap singers that's there. from Comedy Vehicle so someone yeah. had looped it for like sixty minutes and it took me a long time so to they, realize I think they only looped it twice it's long <laughs> it's, it's really long really long it's a yeah. good like fifteen minutes it's at least. really yeah. very long. <laughs> And it took me so long to realize that it was being that it was looped. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is just something he no, that's must part be of the up joke, to. Yeah. Like, yeah. You've seen them, the rap singers. You know, they're always... On uh, the top of the pops. They're, they're, yeah, they're on the top of... Yeah, they're, the they're adverts. Jump, jumping on the, the dustbins. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, it gets weirder and weirder. At the like, corn exchange. Yeah, they're at the corn they'll, exchange. They'll run around, they'll run running around along the, on a <laughs> series yeah. of logs. You know the pops. The rap singers. You've seen them, the rap singers. You've seen them. Yeah. No, he's right. and that's all very funny, but it doesn't last forever. He didn't. I, I think he re- more recently failed to like elevate it even more. Yeah. Whereas it had done before. He started out, you know, doing relatively normal, slightly absurdist comedy, and then realized the kind of fandom he was getting, and realized that there were people in the audience from other, you know, pockets of the comedy world who were expecting him to be like Lee Evans or something, and he started addressing that. And then he got really famous. He started winning BAFTAs and stuff like mm-hmm. that and was constantly voted the UK's best comedian and the comedian's comedian and all of this. And I think he kind of, I think he stumbled. He didn't quite know where to go from there. So he kind of got stuck where he is, where he's still pretending like, oh, no one's enjoying this. But it's like, obviously they are now because you're, you're as good as it gets. You've done everything that a comedian yeah. in this country can do. Um, he, he should have tried to go to America. I think that would have been, that would have given him something different to work with. He like refused talk, to do it. He's and I think too much shit on us. I wouldn't have him. <laughs> no, I think he, I that think he has a real distaste for, at least for American comedy, but seemingly just for Americans in general. Yeah. Well, he actually, he, he actually doesn't, uh, he actually says that what the, the place that he would most like to be is the American Southwest. He has like a real connection with the American Southwest and, uh, he, he's really into a lot of the music that came from here and he's into uh, comedy wise too. Uh, he was very into, I, I think he was one of the people who, first of all, was very influenced by Bill Hicks at the start. Yeah, which is as crazy. far as stand up goes, but that you know, in the nineties, that was pretty common. Um, but also, he's mentioned, uh, I, I think Lenny Bruce, but mm-hmm. he has that bit I, I, again. This is in Comedy Vehicle, so I don't know if you see it. Did you see the Fag Rats bit? No. Oh yeah, he's got a whole sketch in Comedy Vehicle about uh, clearly taking the piss out of the the kind of deification of Bill Hicks that has happened, mm-hmm. where they're like talking about the socio socio political implications of this American comedian called Dill Spinks, who mm. looks and sounds a lot like Bill Hicks or Dennis Leary or someone like that. And um, he's just got this bit where he's saying that mice are just fag rats. <laughs> <laughs> and, they're like, and, and all these talking heads, it's like, yeah, it's a sketch. So it's like, well, these, yeah. it's like a fake documentary. And they're like, oh, I'm just like hearing that. And he, when you think about it, he really is right. But what he's actually talking about is this. And that. Yeah. But it's just this American voice going like, yeah, you've seen those fucking mice, right? <laughs> They're just fag rats. <laughs> it's really good. It's really funny. Yeah, but no, he, he, I don't think he's quite as anti anti American as as you would think. But well, I, th- I, I think he certainly doesn't like the. Uh, yeah, there, he does do one impression of like contemporary American stand up, which is pretty funny. Isn't it just him running around in a circle? No, that's yeah. UK observational. Uh, yeah, he does that too. Where he's like, all right, here's my my observational comedian. Yeah. He just runs. He comes out on stage, runs around for yeah. ages, going, Whoo. Yeah, <laughs> and then like, a vet, like after a, probably a good three or four minutes of doing that, it just says, 
You heard about these Muslims we've got now? (laughs) (laughs) What's that all about? Um, Yeah, no, he's really funny. He's a big, you know, a big part of my uh, life as far as like comedy goes. It's funny, actually. It's funny you talk about him coming to America. That would give him something else to do. But he also really is relatively unknown in America. Almost entirely. Like... Mark Maron went to England and had him on his podcast, I think just because someone had told him, well, oh, this just, is the comedian over here. It's actually funny because... Uh, but he didn't know anything about him. Well, it's actually funny because I, the first time I ever heard of Stuart Lee was listening to a podcast, listening to the Nerdist podcast with Chris Hardwick, oh, who man. loves to go on and on about how he loves stand-up comedy and yeah. the form and all this. And they were interviewing someone. I don't even think it was an, a comedian, but they were like, you know, what comedy do you like? And he was like, oh, my favorite guy right now is this guy named Stuart Lee. He's like the best ever. Chris Hardwick said that? No. Oh, no. Sorry. The guy, Chris Hardwick. And Chris Hardwick had never heard of him. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know anything. Chris Hardwick, who is literally his whole persona is just like, I am fucking stand-up comedy. I'm in the mix with these people. I know them all. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, no, I don't know. I don't know who that is. And they were like, oh, he's he's an English comedian. And they're like, oh, have you heard of... You know, well, John Americans, Cleese. yeah, no, Amer- <laughs> Americans know English comedians when they start coming over here, mm-hmm. like Ricky Gervais or yeah. fucking Russell um, Brand. Russell Brand, uh, Dylan Moran uh, is an Irish comedian who's yeah, actually been over here a hell big. of a lot. He's gotten quite big lately. Yeah, which is good. He's he's a perfectly good comic, but well, actually, I've seen him sometimes, and he's been absolutely like one of the worst shows I've seen has been his. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, he, he spends a lot of time over here. Trying to do that, Jimmy Carr has been trying to do it recently to the point where Jimmy Carr was on stage when <laughs> Dave Chappelle that got, got fucking is attacked. Fucking awesome, Jimmy Carr, what, like sort of milling about while a bunch of bouncers beat the shit out of this guy. <laughs> I will say, I do <laughs> like, like it. What the fuck is I, this? I was watching the shrugging his shoulders. You know, oh, he's, yeah. he's I was watching. I was watching um, the some sort of big fat quiz, something or other. And it and if your question is That's why, still happening, it must be. It's still doing that. I don't know. You see him on YouTube all the time. Yeah, but Jimmy Carr was hosting it. He always does. Yeah. Oh my god, he kept laughing at everyone's. <laughs> ju- it's fucking crazy. Go Google Jimmy Carr off. laughing. It's it literally is like. <laughs> yeah. No, Jimmy Carr is like a. His like a comment was like Jimmy Carr laughs like he's pretending to be human. Yeah, he's an android. Like, yeah. he is, uh, you had it over here with Anthony Jesselnik. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah th- there are these comedians sometimes, and also Jimmy Carr has been around in the UK. He's been hosting. Pa- sorry, Matt's on his phone. Sorry, go ahead. All right, he's been hosting panel shows and uh, doing his his stand up and stuff. I'm not joking. For the best part of thirty years now, he looks identical, and his com- his comedy hasn't changed at all. Mm-hmm. He is exactly the same. He wears the same suits. Mm-hmm. He just looks. Hair, he does. He hasn't honestly even aged. I don't yeah, think he, he does, looks very, very looks similar same, to yeah. how he did. Um, He's got Botox or something because he does look weird. He yeah, and he is Smooth weird, face. and he has, there's no consistent like worldview or anything like that. Yeah, it's all timeless. It's completely yeah. It's it's really really bizarre, um, and he's not good. I he's only he's, good. I think he's funny. No, he's only good in the sense of like, right? If you got a bunch of people to write a bunch of joke punchline jokes, like yeah. occasionally. Oh, like, he definitely has writers, right? He, well, he, he it's very well known that he did. Frankie Boyle was one of them for the longest time. Oh, that fucking fat guy with the beard, Frankie Boyle. Yeah, who who you know 
The Irish himself. guy. He's like Irish or the Scottish. 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 Yeah. Frankie Boy, who was known for being like you know the, the UK's most offensive comedian yeah, for the, the, the longest time, but now he is completely done an about face, and he's like woke now. That's, he's an incredible, yeah, which is fine. a pretty common trend. Like yeah. that, that's been happening quite, quite a lot of them. Um, but you know, I mean, this is a guy who literally would make fun of a celebrity's real life Down syndrome child. Ugh. Like by nice. name, you know, <laughs> um, and now, but and he never like really apologized for that. He was always like, "No, I was making a comment about celebrity." It's like, no, you weak, weren't. <laughs> very weak excuse. Um, and it's not to say that you shouldn't. You know, I, like it, I la- when I heard it, I laughed. Mm. So it's like it was funny at the time, but you know, obviously times have changed. So you can say, "Yeah, there were things that I said." That, it's just like the lack of admitting, like the la- lack of owning up to it. Yeah, that kind of annoys me sometimes. Where I'm like. You know, if you've changed and you've clearly changed because you realized that that style was no longer uh, in vogue or popular, then acknowledge that. I think that's fine to acknowledge, uh, but don't pretend like you were, you never did anything wrong. You know, it was always I was always the same, uh, but now, um, yeah, now now I'm able to contextualize it differently. I, yeah, that that kind of annoys me about comedians like that, and that that's that's also a part of just being part of the media industry too. Like it's not it's not a comedy thing. It's a you know it's thing. interesting actually. You know who else did that was uh, Jessel Nick. Oh yeah, you want to hear some fascinating? I really wish I don't know if he's behind the paywall somewhere now. If he's writing for Breitbart, I don't know where he went. But I will say the Brady Sinellis podcast <laughs> in its first season when it was free and accessible to everybody. And I listened to the whole little thing. Little snowflakes, little snowflakes. <laughs> but when he wasn't doing shit like that, which like you kind of watched the arc. No, I remember like, he had like he had like Kanye he, West in the delivery room. Guess. And it stuff, was like yeah. it was really very good and interesting, and he's got a good voice. But he's got that John Favreau voice. The, the, <laughs> but yeah, the slight. Less. I don't know if we have we ever actually explained <laughs> little snowflakes on here. Is it just like because I know we mentioned said little it, snowflakes yeah. like a million times. Nothing you mentioned. That's how we started was, one of his podcasts. Yeah, he got involved in the culture wars. His mental illness on and fixation. Because you actually watch it like an arc, like a. It might be like a novel. Uh, like he, <laughs> I'm sure that. Will be an yeah, honest. He, so oh, he wrote his memoir called White. White. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. So he, this guy, he Luna likes, Park was his best. He memoir, starts by it. someone who just wants to talk about art and normal stuff, and then he like you kind of see it dripping in like at a slow drip where he's yeah. like starts getting into. But in that middle phase, it's I very heard a, fascinating. A woman in Germany wants to marry an airplane now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. This is like, a bit crazy. He does these like monologues <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And like these bumpers, which is common in podcasts. But yeah, one of them as he as he starts really getting mentally ill and deranged because he's just on Twitter too much, and mm. he's he starts calling everyone. He starts calling everyone snowflakes, yeah. which may have been more original. At That's kind of gone now, hasn't it? Like, yeah. No one can say it yeah. anymore because yeah. it's been too overused. Yeah. But yeah, he literally starts the podcast little snowflakes, little <laughs> snowflakes. <laughs> what? He's like, it's like a podcast. It was insane. Yeah. Uh, let me see. But so, he's kind of despaired a little bit. One of the things, this is going to be a little bit of a wind up, but. But Easton Smellis. Did I tell you about that too? Yeah, yeah. On the but podcast. Easton Smellis. Yeah. yeah, wow. But no one would even care to come up with a fun nickname like that anymore. I, I feel like he's kind of, he's lost his footing. But he's Easton lost his foothold. Smellis. But Easton Smellis. Um. <laughs> How do you load a save file on like 
your earlier life. You know, like just load an earlier version. It's gone fucking. The the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing really annoyed me for a lot of reasons because I don't I'm not I don't think Johnny Depp is completely innocent. He, I'm certainly certainly not one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the verdict, some image appears from Depp's team of Depp looking. He's holding a piece of art and he's dressed the way he is. He's got these like kind of sad puppy dog eyes, and it's like Johnny Depp NFTs. What? Here they come. <laughs> it's like fucking artworks that he's commissioned or something oh, or other. Lord. And they're like, join the Discord if you buy one of Johnny Depp. And it's called something like, tell the truth. Hashtag tell the truth. That NFTs. Could, how, how pissed is Will Smith that he oh. was in concussion where in the trailer he was going, tell the truth. Remember that? And now yeah. fucking Johnny Depp is profiting off that catchphrase. Yeah, because... What? What? Well, fucking Will Smith's movie came up with Tell the Truth. Like, come on now. I thought it would at least have something to do with the fucking Chris Rock, Yeda Pinkett Smith. No. Yeda. See, listen, yeah, I, can't, I can't say my J's anymore. No, Jojoba is right, but Yeda is not right. Yana. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Yana, okay. Yeda, and Jojoba. Uh, so, check this out. So Check what out. When, so, Brady Sinellis in his middle phase, oh, okay. where he would have guests on... And it was a mostly normal interview, but then every once in a while, randomly, he'd start taking them to task about them being too PC. Okay. So he has BJ Novak on. (laughs) Remember BJ Novak? Yeah. So BJ Novak had just written his book of short stories, Mm -hmm. and many of them are very short, like a paragraph or two long. And so here's one of them. It's called The Bravest Thing I Ever Did. And Brett Easton Ellis is in the interview. He reads the story out loud. Okay. Here's the story. I went to the Transgender Alliance Support Group meeting. I waited over an hour to speak, hearing all the stories. Finally, it was my turn. Sometimes, I said, I feel like a man trapped in a woman's body. Everybody nodded. That's how tight my girlfriend's pussy is. I smirked, holding the smirk just long enough for them to all get it. It took a while since this was not what they were expecting, but I was careful not to wait so long that I couldn't get the cool comic timing exactly right for my exit. Smell you later, I said with a wink, and walked right out of the room. Second paragraph, there's a little line break. It says, it's not always enough to be brave, I realized years later. You have to be brave and contribute something positive, too. Brave on its own is just a party trick. So, Brady Snellis reads that, and he goes, wait, BJ Novak wrote that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so... Fair enough. I, I, might, have un- I might have underestimated him. <laughs> I don't think he would do that. That, that's, that doesn't seem on brand for BJ Novak. So he writes that, and then and then Brady Snellis goes, Why did you put that last few lines in there to buy back the offensive quality of the joke? Wouldn't it have been just enough to make the offensive joke and let the reader... He's like criticizing it. <laughs> but then why even say that it was in, a, in, in, in an LGBT meeting? Why not just write the joke? I, I feel like a woman trapped in a man's body. Yeah. That's how tight that's my girlfriend's like, pussy that's, is. That's the joke. And Brady Snell's like, right, that's good. Yeah, literally, he's doing that too. He's like, that's, that's good. I like. Leave that's it good. there. Yeah, don't give Leave me the narrative. There. We don't need anything else. No, I mean, even as it is, I'm like, well, what is the... I, I don't see him walking anything back there. That that That's pretty shit. <laughs> like, it's, it's not a good... Like, so Brazenus was 
unsatisfied that it didn't go far enough. Brady Sinellis was satisfied with those last few lines where after the narrator does that joke in the yeah. transgender support group thing. He says, smell you later. Which, oh, fair enough, is funny. You know. Smell you later is funny. Whatever. Right. Um, to me, well, I have a few thoughts on the story if we're going to get into this. If we're going to go Brady Sinellis on is, the story. Well, 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 hold on. I think what Brady Sinellis is thinking is that those last few lines about like, it's not always enough to be brave. You have yeah. to contribute something positive too. He's like, you put that in because you were scared that people would take the story wrong. No, if anything, it's doubling down on it, isn't it? Mm. That's, that's what I would think. But... Yeah, what what is Brett Easton Ellis unsatisfied with? He about? felt that it didn't go far enough. He felt that BJ Novak pussied out at the end by saying that. I don't think so at all. If, if anything, that last line just continues it, doesn't it? Unless I'm misunderstanding. Well, I think it. I think I think it's I think it is slightly buying it back because what he's because it's called the name of the story is the bravest thing I ever did, and then the bravest thing he ever did was tell that joke at, at the a, support at group. A support group, and right. then at the end he says, "I realized later that it's not just enough to be. It's not good in itself to be brave." You have to also contribute something positive. Yeah. In other words, he, saying that what I did was not necessarily a good thing just because it took bravery to do it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay, right. But the multi-layered meanings of BJ Novak's story have been lost you. on me. They went yeah. over my head. Yeah. I didn't realize that's what he was going. Oh, so he's making the point like, well, that may well be brave, but it's also not good. Not on. Not positive. Okay. Yeah. No, I, okay. I agree. But you can smell us then. <laughs> But that is well, no, a bit cheap because it's it like you're you're well, trying to, to get me, you're getting a laugh yeah. you're getting like you're trying to get your laughs and then you do a little like to me yes being like by the way huh. this was wrong but yeah. to me the only thing I had to say about it was I'm like this is clearly just you thought of this joke mm. and then you decided to build a whole story around it oh yeah but no, then no, no, in but typical, BJ Novak like, has gone back down in typical like Jonathan yeah. Franzen Jonathan Lethem fucking like fashion like contemporary prose you had to like make it a little bit deep too yeah but i didn't see it as him buying it back i wouldn't have been more satisfied with the story if that last part wasn't there i would just be like why'd you write this <laughs> this is why did you waste a page that's like a published story huh oh you can publish anything when you're famous you <laughs> when you're it. bj Novak. <laughs> well he, he did like a children his whole career is fucking fascinating to me because yeah. he got into the office right that was his big break yeah. We got into the office, the US equivalent of the office, in the first episode and auditioned and apparently won them over so much that they also gave him an executive producer credit. Nice. That I find difficult to believe because in the show itself, he's first of all barely in it. Mm-hmm. And secondly, not one of the most popular. Well, he people. was one of the head writers. Are you talking about The Office? Yeah, but he wasn't hired Him as a and writer. Him and Kaling were head writers. But he wasn't hired as a writer. Oh, that's He was hired off an audition, which apparently he nailed so much. This is his version. To play Ryan, the guy who just kind of mumbles. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and who's not very, not really in it all that much. And yeah. certainly isn't one of the most, pop, like, one of the characters that everyone's like, oh, let's bring him back. Uh, he, yeah. did, he did keep coming back. He He's kind of there away. as a punchline to be like a douche in the office, right? Like he doesn't do much of anything in that show. Yeah, like, he's sure. like yeah, sure. if I recall correctly, he like he like disappear and then come back with like bleached tips. Yeah, and that's like the whole joke for Ryan. For yeah, the and he's a different level of douche. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it, there's something about that that success story that just didn't really make sense. He auditioned and won them over so much that they gave him an executive producer credit. That's not a joke. You know, that that's yeah. not a joke. You don't give that to just anyone. There's Odd. something fucking weird about it. I don't know. I don't He's know what his family... What, what, what's oh, his? oh, 100%. Yeah. That's summing up. I think, yeah, they, yeah, I think yeah. he was born to a rich... Something's, a rich and erudite. 
Something's going on because he has he he has himself minuscule talent. Um, I liked his book of short stories when I read it. I've uh, granted I have not read those. I won't, I won't lie; it's, they're not good, but they're like they're like good derivative, like contemporary American fiction. Like they just they sound like everything do else you, out there. Right? Do now. you think they would have seen the light of day had he not been? No, exactly. absolutely not. So that's kind of what I'm absolutely saying. Not. That's what I'm saying. It's like everything he's done, yeah. and then he like everything else. It's like he's turning up in very small roles and like saving Mister Banks or whatever. That's right. He played uh, one of the two one brothers, of the Sherman, Sherman brothers. brothers. Yeah. yeah, and doesn't really say anything. Um, yeah, the, he's strange. And then he did like a children's book, which apparently got very popular. Oh, that's by the way, that's money. If you can churn out a children's book, that is money. Yeah, yeah. And I ain't talking about Harry Potter. No, I mean, I'm talking what, about like a, the parents a book just with like forty two words in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I won't say the thought hasn't crossed my mind. Once I realized how expensive they are compared to what they actually are. Insane. Like, and and that they're just in Target You're making all the time. Bucks, dude. Yeah. That's what you should be doing. Stop writing your fucking parliament, your your poems about... Uh, what was it? What were the names? Aberdeen. Aberdeen and... Something. What are you talking about? My poems? Yeah, in, in parliament. Aberdeen and something. Well, wait. In the part, do you talk about the poem that she recites? Yeah, it's not Aberdeen and something. I thought it was. All right. No, you're thinking of Abercrombie and Fitch. Abercrombie and Fitch, the yeah. poem. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a good one. <laughs> no, it's Aberdeen ignited with exceptional alacrity, a passionate acrobatic show with absolute veracity. Doing it again. We've done it before. No, 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 no. We're good now. We're good. Now. I do it every day, like when I wake up. I actually play that to because my, my parents uh, they were like, oh well, we should go see Master's show too, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, you should, but they couldn't. So I, but I played that bit from the from the podcast. I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, he's a good writer." Listen, I played it, and she was like, "I don't know what was going on." <laughs> well, so I was like, "Oh, fair enough. Maybe it's actually shy. I don't know. Like, <laughs> maybe I'm being way too generous on this, dude." Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't understand. There's a lot of words. To be fair, I mean, it was one poem in the show, completely out of context. Uh, he's defending himself. He's like, well, look, I mean, that was just... Oh, I'll d- Aberdeen yeah. is the best thing I ever wrote. Did I say it took me two hours to write? Eh, more like two minutes. Uh, I, it really wasn't afterthought. I sneezed yeah, it out. So I sneezed that one out. But it is perfect. Yeah. He's going to be turning up at, at the door with fucking scripts now. Aberdeen <laughs> surprised... pages. I thought oh, that was bad. And- There's some good stuff. <laughs> Aberdeen surprised a certain surly son of Satan when the serpent centered squarely on the center of sensation. That's amazing. It's yeah, great stuff. But is it quite as good as somebody once told me? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ever will be. No. Can we turn this fan on? I'm yeah, like it's getting a little hot, here. isn't it? Yeah. Maybe that's been the problem this Maybe. whole time. Maybe that's nope. been it. We'll see. We'll get we'll get cool, and then we'll become get cool. Warm. It's getting a little warm. And what time is it? Oh, we're still good. Oh yeah. We yeah. gotta work, dude. We gotta. I'm belching. I see. I've given up. Well, that's a nice fan. That's actually hitting. Oh, in the small room, yeah, it helps. It helps. You know, the funny thing is, Matt thinks I can't see what he's doing on his phone, but I can. What am I doing? Because you've got a mirror behind you. So I can, you're looking at pictures of ladies and you're writing something. <laughs> pictures <laughs> of ladies. That's what I can see. Ladies. He's looking at pictures of girls. It's, uh, do you maximize, recognize the girl? Maximizing them and then putting them down and writing something about them. Do you them. recognize the girl? Uh, I can, ju- your hand's in the way. 
Well, is that a weird angle? Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. So, th- so that's uh, that's your mate Libby. Libby. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's your mate Meg. Libby dyed her hair red. <laughs> it's your mate Meg, and you're looking at pictures of her, and then you're writing about it. Yeah, to David. Presumably in, to in, David. in prose. <laughs> in, in, sorry, in verse. In verse. In verse. Yeah. yeah, I'm writing about it too, David. I'm sending David pictures of Meg and being like, do you see this one? <laughs> She's hot, right? She's hot, right, dude? Hot, right? Right, dude? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we can talk about it now. What about what? <sighs> the Billie Eilish breakup. Oh, it's public now. Yeah. Oh, yes. I broke that news. Yeah, it's uh, it's not to the press, not to TMZ or whatever. Billy and I, Billy and I were close. Yeah, we can finally mention. We can finally talk about it that we have been consistently, on account of our friend Matt Vorse, yeah, hanging out with Billy Eilish all the time. Yeah, but we weren't allowed to say anything. Crazy. I haven't even been able to tell. Like, I've never seen so much heroin in my life. Oh, and God knows. I mean, and you, you know. When you've blown out all the veins in your arm from the previous injections. You're, worried, you're wondering why we didn't do our Oscar special this year. because we were there. We were there with Billy. Yeah. Backstage. We on stage. Was she, did she <laughs> do something at the Oscars this year? She won an Oscar. For what? For the fucking James she Bond song. She doesn't fucking deserve that fucking she shit. She won it for the James Bond song that she had done like you know two what? years Fuck previously. Billie Eilish. Yeah, can we say it now then? Breaking my boy Matt Vorse's heart. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is that he came out with a statement. It was his statement. Mavor says there was no cheating involved. <laughs> yeah, relationships sometimes relationships sometimes just end. But then oh. he goes further and he says, "What this doesn't excuse is the amount of people who are just saying shit about people they don't know online and lying in capitals." Yeah, that's a dangerous thing to do. I will say this: Bless it is dangerous. For- I mean, like I. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess we could, we can really just open book this now because but almost when, everyone when we know they, has been contacted when they first started dating. <laughs> yes. When they first started dating, everyone we know, including me, at one point was oh, you contacted got, you got one by random Billie Eilish fans. Yeah, all of whom Jess has a good story about. Not it. a one yeah. of whom was over fifteen years old. I don't think. Probably not. Uh, what is Jess's story about it? All Jess said was the... All Jess has done is mutually... Follow, they follow <laughs> each other. You sound like a banter line. All Jess has gone and done... <laughs> Jess has only been getting contacted by Billie Eilish. Fans. Yeah, but it's not like they're, you know, like they're the closest friends and they hang out all the time. But no, they, I don't they think just they mutually, even, have they ever met? Yeah, I'm sure they... Yeah. But, you know, they, they follow each other on, on Instagram. And so Jess has been getting these insane... Private messages from Billy Heads. Did they have a name? Uh, yeah, Billy Heads. Oops, Billy Heads. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it Billy is. Billy Goats. The Billy Goat. Ooh, the Billy, Billy Goats, Goats Gruff. Yeah, you know that story. No, Billy Goats Gruff. No, what are you talking about? It's like a famous story. I think I it used to be my favorite story when I was a kid. I had a little storybook of it. Billy Goats Gruff. Stay with this. They were trying to cross a, bro- a bridge with a, doing? a bridge with a troll. <laughs> These three goats. <laughs> that's a nice Walsley show. Um, Ooh, <laughs> think about it. Consider it. Yeah. Uh, there's a bridge. There's a troll. There's goats. Um, <laughs> all my favorites. All my hallmarks. Yeah. No, I'm not going to talk about the Billy Eilish. No, I do. Go ahead. I want to hear. No, it. but you're, uh, along with many, many other people. Yeah. Luckily, I'm not on uh, any social media, so I didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people were 
Yeah. Um, yeah, well, they were just contacting, asking a bunch of questions about whether he was cheating. They thought, I think, Jess was cheating on... Uh, he was cheating with Jess on Billie Eilish. Like, just crazy fucking yeah. stuff, like, based on nothing. Yeah. That they would come in and, like, they would hate... On, they, they, were, they were hating him. They were hating his friends. They were hating everything. And, um, you know, all I'm thinking to myself is, like... And I looked at it recently. I've still got his script. Oh man! Releasing it? No, not no. Of course, I've never released it. But it, Matt, producing it. So Matt Vorse wrote a, a, a feature-length film that's autobiographical. He says semi-autobiographical. It's like oh no! But everyone's name has been unchanged. And uh, there's a. By the way, Max is not in it. Yeah, that was Max awesome. is not in it yeah. at all. No, I'm not. Which is kind of funny. But you are. I'm in it. I'm in it twice. (laughs) I am in it twice. I I double checked where I'm in it. Uh, Because he sent it to me to give him notes. Um, (laughs) I'm in it. The first time you see me, he says, EXT Alley. Yeah. Alleyway behind Zombie Joe's. Right. Sean Adams, full name. (laughs) Sean Adams. Is standing with two other big guys wearing black, and they're doing poppers in the corner. Well, that's definitely not me. I know who those two big guys are. It's, it's Juggy and Daniel, probably. Yeah. Well, I think no, it's Juggy I think and it's Juggy and Brad, because this would have been the Santu days. Uh, oh, no. Brad wouldn't be doing poppers with us. No, I think this is, this is before the Santu days. This is all oh, like okay. Urban Death and Tortured Souls, I think. So I think I used to be there quite often with Juggy and sometimes Daniel. I think that's what he's talking about. So we're all dressed... Apparently we're dressed in black. We're big guys and we're doing poppers. I I guess I thought because you were dressed in black, it's because you had just come from the show. But no, because Urban Death was that night. Yeah, We know this. He's just Because that's what the show's about. And there's a a lot of the script that is... I'm not going to talk shit about it. A first draft of a first attempt at any script is always going to be problems. No, no, I'm just saying. Yeah. But a lot of the script is full of like... Matt walks into the room. Everyone notices. Dialogue. Hey, Matt. Hey, name. Hi, Matt. Someone else says, oh, hey, Matt. How's it going? Hi, Matt. <laughs> hey, like, it's a lot of that. Like, it's a lot of the character Matt walking yeah. into places. It's also... And everyone, actually, rec- everyone acknowledging that he's a right. It's also <laughs> odd because no one calls him Matt that I know. No, we all call him Vorse. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, th- th- there is a lot of the script, and that was one of. The, I think I, I think I did give him notes because I was working pretty closely with him when he was back in the Count Stan at this point. So I mm-hmm. did give him notes, and I said, "There's a lot of that that you just don't need. There are a lot of repetitive mm-hmm. scenes where like people are at a bar, you turn up, and everyone just says hi to you. It's not cinematically interesting. Yeah. But uh, so that's one scene that I'm in. I'm just silently in the background yeah. with two other guys in big black. Two. It makes me sound like I'm some kind of like weird drug dealer. <laughs> it does. Like, well, and then if I recall your other appearance, it's well, also later substance on, related. I'm, I'm, right, I'm in the final scene. Yeah, you are. I'm in the final scene where he's like, they're in the alleyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they've returned. It's <laughs> also where you Everyone's in the alleyway. In the alleyway. I, I like that me and Vancott are mentioned within the same bit of action. It says, Sean is... Sean Adams says the trunk of his car open and there are beers in there. Yeah. Vancott is holding a beer, looking pensively, not talking to anyone. Well, that sounds bad. I'm like, well, it's, it's well observed. Yeah. There's nothing else. Because that did happen for a while. I used yeah. to go to the alleys after their late shows because the bar would be closed. Yeah. So I used to go with a trunk full of beer and just mm-hmm. be like, well, we'll Have celebrate here. 
Yeah. Those were great times, by the way. Those were really fun. You they weren't were. you weren't invited. You weren't I was, there. I was there. No, you weren't. You weren't I was, there. I was at an alley party. I drank fucking beers out of your trunk. You had one. This was a weekly. I was there. You know what? Good... I was there for the one that ruined it when Zenobia took her tits out and got on. the Oh roof. no, that was a shame. See, that was long after. That was when I was doing Santu because that was after a Santu. That she, was the she didn't take, and... No one took their tits out. They just they... someone took their tits out. I don't remember that. I just someone remember those, climbed, someone, One of the two girls they climbed up, up on the roof. It was. it was Zenobia and someone else and Vors. Michelle because she think used it was to Zenobia. Love... Zenobia and Michelle. No, I'm saying I think Zenobia took her tits out because well, I don't remember that. But... She went up on the roof, not for anyone. She went up on the roof it was because she was like, "It's time to l- cut loose for once in my poor life." I think she was definitely making a point. It was, was the like, funniest thing I've ever yeah. seen. It was so beautifully tragic. We have to sidebar to tell this story because it's one of those things that just happens so rarely in life. The poetry. <laughs> Where Zenobia, who is this lovely, lovely and person. And she really is, by the way. Like, she's, she's so amazing. never been anything other than lovely. But She's so lovely, but she's also like very like type A and regimented and like a rule follower and all this stuff about her, right? Yeah. Well, she's from a, she's from a farm in the Midwest. Right. So she's just but like, like this. But, like, but not even a, a kind of down and dirty farm. Like a kind of. Yeah. Upper class, yeah. Farm. Like she's, yeah, she's that. She's like and, a good kid. She's what you'd call yeah. a good kid. And she, she gets up in the morning and she jogs a mile around Burbank, exactly. goes back to her apartment, which is very, very, very clean. And she plays piano. Sure she plays piano, piano forty five minutes a day, amazingly and, yeah. well, and yeah. like really amazingly, well. yeah. Like, but she says she doesn't want to do it anymore, right? But she can play like Rachmaninoff easily, yeah. So this is what I'm she's talking incredible. about. Like, so yeah. she's this very regimented, talented girl. Uh, and she just gets it in her head that night for some reason that she's going to cut loose in the alley with the dirty dogs at this old salty dog saloon back there. Well, she, and, yeah. she, and so she makes it – she like – it's it's brought to everyone's attention that there's a ladder that goes up to the roof of the building. Oh, we've known that. Well, it, someone the jokingly first, suggests – The first time I, first time it, I met Michelle was up, up on that roof. Okay, so yeah. it's jokingly suggested that someone should climb it, and Zenobia's like, I'll do it. Yeah. And then gets up there with Michelle, and, and then Matt Vorce. Vorce follows them afterwards. Afterward. Yeah, because he yeah. sees two hot girls are on the roof and yeah, wants to go exactly. take a look. Yeah. But Zenobia, I recall when she got up there, she like did a thing where she like waved her shirt around. Like um, we didn't see anything. I don't remember that. I remember me and Brandon, because it was my show that had just happened, yeah. right? Yeah. And Zombie is notoriously kind of a bit. Yeah, you know he's a bit um, protective of his protective space. about yeah like if people associate with his theater are causing trouble right yeah. which is fair enough but yeah. Brandon so Brandon's there and I'm there I've just it's my show that's just got out and everyone was in the alley yeah. like trying to trying to capitalize on it I guess like, it wasn't my idea this time yeah um, and yeah so Brandon and I are pretty like oh fucking just get down like yeah. stop it like calm down um. And yeah, then like it took with within minutes. This is yeah. So this is the punchline to the story. Is right. that Zenobia finally cuts loose? She's like, yeah. it's like her purse of being a wallflower <laughs> moment she, she where she's at the roof of a car. It's <laughs> arrested. The cops show up immediately. And a somehow. helicopter. Yeah, and a fucking helicopter. Oh shows my up. god, it was so awesome. Well, well what happened? I later le- I learned the next day because I, me and Brandon had to like answer to zombie, and uh, yeah. we all had to get on like a call and fucking explain what happened. And I had to explain like it wasn't like me and Brandon went up. None of our cast were up there yeah we were telling them to get down uh, uh zenobia was in so much trouble with zombie he was so unhappy with yeah her. yeah uh, michelle by the way avoided all of this by running to the other side of the block over the roof and just sliding down another ladder and just yeah. walking away her and Vorsk both actually uh, Vorsk, no no Vorsk, no Vorsk had to come down 
Boss came down, but then pretended that he wasn't up there. That's what it was. And Zenobia threw Zenobia him under just the bus. Took the rap. No, she threw him under the bus. Mm. Uh, but then he denied it. Or something. I can't remember exactly. It was a while ago, and it was pretty hazy. But yeah, I remember. Yeah, she came down and acted like you know, kind of played innocent and whatever. But what what it was was the there was this this weed dispensary next door, mm. and they like whoever saw it. Like, there's apparently some dude who lives across the street who just watches, who's in contact time. with a zombie, and is like a third. He's like a watch a neighborhood watch guy. Yeah. So he saw that happening, and he assumed. People are trying to break into the weed dispensary next door by going in through the top, mm-hmm. um, which has happened. Zombie Joe's has been broken into mm-hmm. by people think, mistakenly thinking it was the weed dispensary. That's why there's now a sign on the back door of Zombie we, Joe's. We don't sell we any weed. The, we are not yeah. the dispensary, which is literally just like go rob next door, exactly. not here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I, don't, I don't have particularly good memories of that night. But um, but what, how do we get onto that? We're talking about Voros, though. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. So all that aside, um, my but favorite it was kind part of, of a shame script, that he sent me the script. Yeah, and he's like, you know, you of all people. Yeah, the, that's the way he came to me. He was like, you of all people, I think you would have a really good take on this, and like be able to give me notes and stuff like that. Yeah, and I was thinking like, yeah, you know, we've worked together, we've hung out quite a lot. Yeah. I remember talking to him for long. You know, I had long chats with him during like his time at Zombie Joe's, and you know, we did shows together. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm like. I'm a part of this guy's life. Yeah. I and look you, in the script and I'm like, <laughs> doing poppers. I'm doing poppers silently then, in the background. And then at the very, very end, my starring moment is he goes, Hey, Sean, beer me. <laughs> And I throw a PBR at him saying, he says he throws a lukewarm PBR, uh, PBR at me. And Sean says, fresh from the trunk. Or something like that. Yeah, that's the end of. My I just involvement. remember that's the your end role. of my impact. I don't remember the poppers, but I do distinctly remember your role being that of a little bitch who gets him a beer, <laughs> which was so awesome. Or, yes, I that, or, I'm like, or I'm like the the stiffler, like kind of party guy, yeah. which I'm also not and never yeah. was. But yeah, is this? I mean, that is true. The the alley parties were my idea. Yeah, and it wasn't even my idea. It was like the bar would. Like, I remember. It was probably around the time of that Tortured Soul show because they started at like 11 and went on till midnight. Then they're clearing up forever. So they managed to get to the bar for like one drink and then they had to leave. So I remember one day going and being like, I'm, I'm going to like have a trunk full of beer in the alleyway. So when you're done and you're, and you're not ready to go home because you've just done a fucking show for the best part of four hours, uh, if you want to keep going, here it is. Yeah. Th- that was always my thing. I was like, let's keep going. Yeah. Um, uh yeah, that's how that's how that started. But it wasn't like uh and I've got fucking like drugs. You know, yeah. and like, I'm fucking let's let's go. Yeah. What's on the menu? Here boys? we fucking go. No, it was more just like I'm awake at night and like it was uh, I like meeting them and stuff. I like hanging out with them. That's how I became friends with most of them. You were awake at night. I distinctly remember once coming home, Shannon and I were living together in Northridge at the time, and I left your place as sun was coming up from Ooh. some party. Yeah, I felt like I was from having an party. affair. It was like a party at your place post Santa. You were like, we're bringing, it was, I distinctly remember it was like, you were like, oh, we're bringing people back to my place. Do you want to come? And I was like, oh, and you're like, just come. And I'm like, okay. Oh, was that my old place? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the old, old place? No, no, no. The middle old place. It was, it was in Valley Village. It was at that apartment. We sat my on your- My most recent one. Yeah. You and oh, I okay. sat on your balcony until the sun came up like fucking Julie Delphi and Ethan Hawke. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> 
Talking about our favorite Vonnegut novels. Yeah, <laughs> How erotic the story of the eye is. <laughs> no, I remember the first time I met... Well, one of the first times I met you properly, except for like one weird time where you and Shannon were at the bar and I thought you were like Mormons. <laughs> We are. <laughs> you were at that time, dude. I, I wish people who've met you more recently yeah. had had the chance to see you then. Because oh, you, you were the epitome of like a nerd couple <laughs> who goes to Zombie Joe's. And there are a lot of them. Like yeah. You see them. You, you see these repeating people come to Zombie Joe's and they're just like, hey, this is all great. Like, how cool yeah. is this? And yeah. this is fun. And like we're just nice people. You barely drank at the time. That's true. You barely drank, and like you and Shannon were just this like nice little couple who who would hang around, and you know, also by extension, at that point in my life, I was like, and the, you know, also I, I probably don't have much in common with them, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't really talk too much, yeah. but uh, not, not not in like a mean way, but no. I was just like, all right, they're they're there, they got a church discipline, you know. I figured it would be a bit like talking to many people around Summer Joe's, where you sort of met them and you sort of know who they are, but yeah. you don't. You say, oh, hi, how are you doing? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much as far as it goes, right? That's what it was for a while. But then for some reason, you and you alone, Shannon was not here, uh, came back to, to, to my old apartment, the, the like studio. Yeah, I one. wonder where she was. I don't know. I, mean, I don't I know, know where she was. She was at home in bed, but I wonder why. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you were around. Because we were attached that. at the hip. Like Shannon you and Shannon, Shannon yeah, were yeah. without each other. No, that's a, you, yeah. you were a package deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, you ended up, because I, I do it quite often, again, like when the bar is closed at 2 a.m., I'm like, I'm not going to sleep until 8, so let's let's bring you all back. And I remember at that time, was I with, with you all at that time already? No, I think it was before. I honestly don't remember. But either way, uh, yeah, someone ended up bringing you back too, and I was like, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but then you saw the entertainment poster on my wall mm-hmm. and you said, entertainment, I've seen that film. <laughs> <laughs> well, I distinctly remember. And I was like, all right. I distinctly go, remember. I just, I remember the discussion very specifically though, because I went up to you and I pointed, I was like, oh, entertainment. And you were like, yeah. Because I think. I thought you were I about think- to say. I enjoy entertainment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I could tell that's I what you like thought. I like the idea of entertainment. And I was like, oh, I love that movie. And I think I was like, have you seen the comedy? And you were like, yeah, oh, you ent- yeah, I think yeah. you quite quickly proved, because a lot of people, have, people have come and pointed at like moment by moment, because I got a poster of moment by moment, the Johnny, John Travolta and Lily Tomlin yeah. band film, essentially. And people being like, oh, yeah, great. You know, this is, that's like an artsy movie. And I'm like, you haven't fucking seen it. You yeah. don't know what you're talking about. You're just full of shit. Uh, and I thought, yeah, that could well be the case for you. Oh, entertainment. I think I've seen maybe that. Yeah. I've heard um, of that oh, film. Michael Sarah is in it, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. <laughs> That's happened before where people kind of like. That? Oh, yeah, he's in the bathroom. He is, huh? yeah. And he's on the poster because they're like, <laughs> Look, we need, yeah. we need our names here, even yeah. though he's only in it for about 10, 10 seconds. That. That's a weird, that's a very unnerving Great scene. scene. Um, yeah. <laughs> Michael Sarah's best, best roles. Uh, so yeah, but but you made it pretty clear quite quickly. I think that you did know exactly what that movie was and like, what you were talking about. That's a big. That's always a big moment for me. I'm like, ooh, yeah. All right then, here we go. That's how I became a, friends with Daniel. A fan of Greg Turkington. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just oh well, like, yeah. those two movies alone. I got a lot to talk about. Yeah, and I didn't get to talk about them with anyone else. Yeah. So yeah, like great, and that's pretty much how it was all downhill from there. It really was. It was one of those weird things where it was like, wow, this guy knows it all 
Yeah, well, we, well, like we kept same, bumping into the these weird things where it's like, what like, the fucking, you, you've heard Penn something? <laughs> yeah. You've seen Penn Point? <laughs> oh, with the two cameras? Yeah, it's like, oh, he has, and why? But fine, let's talk about yeah. that. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it all happened. But but that was a little bit after the, the whole, the, I think the, the period of Matt, the time period of uh, Matt's script is predominantly like Urban Death and Blood Alley. Yeah. The first... Once he was in up till like tortured souls, I think that's the kind of time period it covers. Yeah, and again, it is really repetitive. And Matt, if you if you happen to be listening, which I'm sure you're not, uh, if I didn't give you my notes, that's that's my note. It's too repetitive. Like the same thing happens kind of over and over again. I bet he doesn't even remember that he wrote that script. And his what? How much has his life changed since the most interesting <laughs> thing he had for an autobiography script was that he was in Urban Death? He's like, who? What the fuck is Urban Death? I dated well, Billie Eilish. That's what my script's about now. Well, I'm hoping that he maybe he maybe made some connections, which might mean that script gets made. Oh God, I hope so. Well, allegedly, well, so Tom Holland is the me, hot I hope. goss that Not. I heard from Meg. That she found one late night on TikTok, like looking at Billie Eilish fans on TikTok. Why would she be doing that? Oh, she loves TikTok. Oh, okay. Her and David Dickens. Here we go. All right. So look, Libby was the video games and veganism (laughs) and Twitch and all of that. Watch out for Max on TikTok. That's next. <laughs> That's coming up. That's in the mail. No. It's in the post. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> uh, so she was on there, and, and according to her, um, they broke up right around Coachella. <laughs> and apparently, if, Sorry, if, you look at, if you look at Billy's performance at Coachella, it's quite impassioned. Uh, seems like she's really well, working when, some when stuff. When she's on though. stage with Danny Elfman doing Sally's song. Sally's, yeah, that's Sally's what they lament. did there. They did that. She came out and did Sally's so- she song. Did what? I know they did that at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, she did it at Coachella, too, because Danny Elfman was there doing his set. Oh, man. I just listened to an interview with him on Chris Hardwick's new podcast. You know what? I li- I, I have nothing but respect for Danny Elfman. It was... It, I like him a lot. <laughs> it was very interesting. I like him a lot. I think he's a, I think he's a good one. <laughs> You'll brook no fucking negative talk of Danny Elfman. Kind of not. Like, Brandon, Brandon actually, Be- Beavis Lezoid... He, he hates texted me. It's weird. He texted me uh, on Signal yeah. during uh, Coachella being like, dude, tune in. Danny Elfman's on stage and it's like it's prime poor quality material because yeah. it's like an old man yeah. trying to relive his rock... Or trying to live out his rock star fantasy. And I was like... Well, he was Ooh, a he doing? He's doing Oingo Boingo shit? Uh, he, I think he did. I think he did. End up I doing assumed like, he was there with an orchestra. He was. He oh. did like The Simpsons. He did fucking it, like bits from his whole career. But he did a couple of Oingo Boingo. I think he did Dead Men's Party and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, and it was kind of presented in a way of being like, you know, oh, this is just like Hollywood vampires, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, it's not like living out of rock stuff. He was a rock star. Yeah. Then he went into film composing and is just released a solo album of stuff. If you did you hear it? The, the solo work he did? No. Last year or yeah. No, what does it sound it like? Decent. It was all right. It's like orchestral or No, it, it was like, no, it was like it's like going go bongo. Go, but, well, yeah, but Danny Elfman yeah, doing kind of Oingo Boingo stuff on his own. But it wasn't Oingo Boingo. It didn't sound like the 80s, you know. It sounded I was like, say, it's like, kind of like the marimbas and like no, the No, 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 no. It sounded like... modern enough. But it, it but it was clearly that voice, you know, that, that yeah. person who did Oingo yeah. Boingo doing new music. It was, it was fine. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't great. But, um, yeah, and I, I texted back to Brandon. I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I don't fucking care. Like, give him that. 
I, I just I, I find it really hard to dislike Danny Elfman. I don't dislike reason. it, but I will say I think it was he's really good. It's funny. <laughs> so you don't. I mean, I guess you do. Like Chris Hardwick tried really hard as he was coming up with his podcast, which I used to listen to quite frequently. Because I was like, oh my god, he's got all these comedians. I love comedy. Uh, this was back when I loved comedy. This was like 2011. Back when you, you sounded know? like Kevin Van Cut as well. Yeah. <laughs> I love comedy. I just love comedy. It's just good. It's just it makes funny. Me laugh. I, I laugh. Yeah, so this is like circa releases endorphins. This is like circa 2011, right? Nerdist and WTF and all these podcasts. Are, Smodcast. These are like all the big names at the time. Hey, right? Smodcast. Yeah, the big... The big uh, first wave of podcasting but yeah. um well ricky gervais takes credit for inventing podcasts yeah, well but... he did yeah. he was the anyway. first person ever decide to record his voice and put it on the internet <laughs> no one else ever did that before anyway uh so he uh what was i saying um he made this he was always trying to make this big stink about like what a kind of normal guy he is, how he's a nerd. He's a big nerd and Chris all Hardwick this. Or yeah. Danny Chris Hardwick. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but every once in a while, when you do listen to his podcasts, he, you'll get into it with other rich people about the weird rich people shit they collect. And so he got into it with Danny Elfman, not like a fight. Like they were getting in, hyped with each other about all the like 18th century taxidermy they own. <laughs> it just like really paints in a portrait of like, these motherfuckers are wealthy beyond <laughs> anyone's wildest dreams. They got money to spend. Oh my God. Because Elpin was talking about how he went to England. So he says he only buys antique, uh, what's it called? Taxidermy. He only buys antique taxidermy because he doesn't believe in hunting. So like he doesn't want, Things getting killed now for it. <laughs> if it happened a hundred years ago, that's all right. Yeah, he's like, well, what can I do about it? It's already dead. But he doesn't want things going out. He doesn't want people going out and shooting things to source them for taxidermy right now. Right. So he doesn't want to support that, which I think is fair. Um, so he buys it, and he's talking about how like he bought like three different taxidermy animals last time he was overseas, and one of them was like thousands of dollars, and customs just wouldn't let him take it on the plane. Because it was some sort of exotic species or something like that. And they just destroyed it. And oh, he was sucks. telling it like a story of like, oh, man, you know, they, let, they made me throw away <laughs> my shampoo happens. bottle. <laughs> That's how rich this guy is that he can just lose. The, he did the fucking Simpsons theme. Taxidermy. The Simpsons yeah. theme alone would pay him out for the rest of his life. You know, it's true. But no, he's fine. He's got nothing, nothing to complain about. Hold on, I gotta pee again. We'll come back and talk more about Danny Elfman. <laughs> yeah, I'm always talking about Danny Elfman. Scoring Vorce's new script. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, yeah, so allegedly they broke up right around the time of Coachella. And, uh, Matt, Matt Vorce and, and Billy Eilish, yes. Right. And then according to TikTok, um, Vorce, somewhere on social media, Vorce got spotted. I don't know if it was on his instagram because i didn't see this got spotted like he was seen by the eilish fans somewhere on social media at a party with with famous starlet bella thorne <laughs> and uh and they're hobnobbing uh-huh. and and you hear someone in the background going yeah this is our coachella Oh no! Yeah. Oh, Matt, reach out. Like, so let's the, ground you again. The, I let's don't think go. it's worth saying. It. <laughs> no, know. but just being in that fuck it, like you know, you, you, you've been. Uh, no, reach just come, out. Come back. Down. Come on the pork. Come back down. Yeah, dude. Like, come join Take us on the podcast, out. man. Do what we miss you yeah. for. 